Hi guys and welcome to episode 474 of Conversation Street. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. And we are going to be talking about the episodes of Coronation Street between the 7th and the 11th of June this week. And um, it, I, th- I think that's the, going to be the last time for a while we're going to be able to uh, announce it so succinctly. Well, barely oh, well, succinctly yeah, well anyway. But, um, yeah, because next week we are starting the um, ITV uploads episodes on the hub early kind of thing. Our, our rant last week clearly wasn't enough to put them off the idea and um, we, our, our plans are going to have to be oh, a little bit different for the next month or so. So this week we're going to be chatting about episodes 10,344 to 10,349 and um, yeah, next week it's all change. Um, thank you everybody for uh, any, the feedback that you gave on our feedback. Um, it's nice to see lots of people on the same boat as us. I'm sure there were people that, that disagreed. The polls said so, but um it's I don't know it's it's happening and we're just going to have to deal with it so what the plan is going to be do you want to say anything Gemma no. you're all right you're right me just talking at the moment mm-hmm. yeah Gemma I'm just gonna go talk away at the moment so next week as far as I know there's going to be three hours worth of episodes uploaded to the ITV hub on Monday so there's a Monday episode there's a Thursday episode, and I think both of them are like kind of nine o'clock or something on ITV. And then the following Sunday, there's going to be an episode as well. Um, I, the the next the the Sunday episode is included in the following week's block of episodes. Well, you know they they've not been the information about them hasn't been put on the press yet. It's going to be on Tuesday, so it's it's all going to be strangely messy, I think. But the plan is for us to early next week record a podcast about Monday, Thursday and Sunday's episode. I think we're we're going to try and watch it all on Monday night, aren't we? <sighs> that, that's the plan. It's a, <clears throat> it's a lot. When we talked about this last week, we thought it'd just be the two episodes, didn't we? But um, then now, according to... A, a, well, I saw this on Digital Spy, there's going to be a Sunday one and that's going to be there as well. So we've got, yeah, three hours of Corey to watch and then either on Monday evening or Tuesday we're going to record it which will mean that we'll probably just upload it on that Tuesday and Wednesday as well and I, I don't think there's a right way or a way to do this that's going to satisfy everybody because some people will want to know you know they want the podcast as soon as they've watched it and I imagine that quite a lot of our listeners in the UK if you're if you're avid enough Cory fans to listen to a podcast every week, you're probably going to be watching it on the hub as well. And you might not want to wait until Saturday to, you know, hear our thoughts on it. Mm. So for those people, we're going to try and get the episode up either like Tuesday or Wednesday night, maybe. Um, and then those of you who are watching it um, you know, live you, and you don't want the spoilers, you're going to have to wait until like Sunday night or the following Monday. It's it's a real pickle we're in. But, you know, we, I it's don't, not really. It's, it's not pickle. <sighs> It, like they say, it's a, there's no way that's going to have to satisfy everybody. Because if we'd have, if we'd have waited until they were on telly, I mean, we yes. we could have we could have Look, put it on Saturday and other really... people wouldn't have heard it. So anyway, that's what's happening. So if you're going to be watching it on the hub next week, look out for the episode to drop either Tuesday or Wednesday night. I hope it all depends on you know how school work's going and and other things because there's there's something going on next Tuesday in the evening. Which if you know 
much about my other interests other than Corrie. You might have an idea what that is. Not school. Don't care about that. <laughs> um, so yeah. look out for it. And then the bonus podcast for next week will come out on the Saturday as normal. So you're gonna we're going to be spreading out the conversation street um, over two points in the week, which is something that we've been wondering about whether to do anyway, like putting the normal episodes on the Saturday and the bonus midweek, but now it's going to be the other way around. Does that make sense? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I hope every, I hope that makes sense to everybody. And um, we'll just, we'll do our best to try and keep up the same routine over the next four weeks, but it, it does just depend on many factors about whether we can record on a weeknight because it's a lot easier to record on a Friday. I think okay. that's it. I think that's it. Um, should we? Should we? Well, we need to get like, talking about this week's Corrie, really. So I will. I will let you give your usual excellent weekly quiz, and then we'll crack on with it. So Gemma, let's ask some questions. Things that happen between the seventh and the eleventh of June, years ending in one and a six, from coronationstreet.fandom.com. dot com. Seventh of June, nineteen sixty one. Dennis can't decide between two stage names for his career, Ricky or Rocky Dennis. But what's his act? Oh, gosh, I've got no idea with that. Ricky or Rocky? No, I didn't ask you whether he was going to... Yeah, no, no, I know. I didn't ask you Because he... One. Yeah, he did try and, you know, do proper showbiz himself before he went into showbiz agenting, didn't he? Um, More money in it being an agent, ain't that right, everyone? <laughs> um, oh, gosh, I don't know. Stand-up comedian. Really? Really? You don't remember? No, I really, really don't. I, I, I've got a vague memory of watching it and knowing that this thing happened... He um, was no. singing and playing the guitar. Oh, singing was going to be my next choice. Oh, yeah, always is, isn't it? Yeah. 10th of June, 1991. <laughs> what happens to Des's boat to cause another argument between him and the Wiltons? Surely that must be... That must be the... No, we've had the boat crashing through the fence, haven't we? I think Have we? Maybe we... The boat crashes through the fence. Yes. Good, okay. Maybe maybe I'm pretending. Maybe last week I thought there was a boat crashing through the fence. I can't believe you don't know the anniversary date of the boat crashing through I, the I fence. I do not. I do not, I'm afraid to say. I'll, uh, I'll remember it forever now. 7th of June, 1996. Who does Derek think Norris has murdered? Um, he, uh, Angela. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But actually, he just buried her golf clubs under the um, allotment. Golf clubs, bodies. Yeah, You sort. shouldn't bury anything like that in an allotment. Just potatoes. Plants. Also that day, Betty passes on the hot pot recipe to somebody. It's not Sean. No, no, not exactly. Who it is be. it? Betty passes on the hot pot recipe. I was shocked recipe. when I read this because I did not think that anybody except Sean had the recipe. And I thought that was a canon, unless this was a fake recipe. I must have watched this when relatively recently. Her? I don't remember who it was. Vera? No. Jack? No. Who? Vicky. Uh, oh, why does she want that for? Well, she leaves on that day. Oh, is that when she goes off to do her um, her managing course in Switzerland? I wouldn't I wouldn't let that leave the, the, the pub, no, let alone the not. country. Do you think they like a bit of hot pot in Switzerland? Well, when That's you go skiing, you get quite nursery food in the lodges and the uh, chalets. Okay. They feed you kind of quite basic... You call him Betty's Hot Pot basic. Yeah, it is pretty basic. It's nice. It's basic. And when she cooks up a load of them, she's making a basic batch. <laughs> Next. Of June 2001. Who, after racking up masses of debt, contemplates suicide and is rescued when Kevin stays with them overnight? What was the date of this? 2001. 2001? 
Somebody contemplate suicide. My, my, my mind is a blank this week. Kevin, say that racks up a load of debt. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you a clue. Yeah, this please. I don't please. know who this person is. Oh, great. <laughs> um, I could give you another clue. Yes, please. They're a nurse. A nurse. Was it nurse? Uh, was her name? Uh, not, uh, Molly. Yeah. Molly something. Molly something. Molly something. That's actually her surname. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, Molly Hardcastle. I... Oh, cool. Oh, you gave me a whole point for that one with clues oh, and everything. Thank care. you so generous today. I don't care about anything anymore. <laughs> 9th of June, 1976. Final appearance of which resident who was also secretary at the warehouse? <laughs> oh, gosh. 1976. Final appearance. Secretary at the warehouse. You better get your brain in gear because there's even maths later. Uh, uh, no, there's not, is there? Who um, is secretary at the warehouse? I don't think she's famous House. for this. Gave you a clue there. <sighs> Yeah, it's a, well, she, of course. Of course, it would have been a lady secretary back in the 70s. You wouldn't have a man as a secretary. He's got to earn a living for the family. I don't know how to type. Men got more important things to worry about than that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to stall, really, to see if any names pop into my head, but they really, really don't. So I'm going to say pass. Trisha Hopkins. Oh, uh, OK. Well, I tried to find something that I could say as a hint for what she was on the street and apart I think one of the reasons she left was because she couldn't get a job uh, so there you go bad I don't think she was famous for being a secretary <laughs> 9th of June 2006 what confession does Sean make to Brian the man everyone thinks is his dad I got no idea Sean makes a confession to Brian yeah <gasps> so that he's gay you're joking, but that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, I knew you was gay yeah. all along. Classic. 10th of June, 1981. Len and Rita refused a child for adoption, not even a five-year-old like the one they wanted, because Rita is too old. Oh, goodness. But how way. old is she? How old is Rita? Uh, in 1981. <laughs> how are you going to so do this? Was... Back from now or forwards from when she was born? So that was uh, 40 years ago. <laughs> and she must be at least, you know... She's 25. She's 20, well, yeah, only one at this point. Now she's 80-something now. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, Rita and um, Barbara Knox might not necessarily yeah, be the same no. age, just to remind everybody. <sighs> 42. Nope. What? 49. Blimey, really? Yeah, she's there 49. There you go. Phew. I, did, I, did, I underestimated uh, Barbara Knox's age. <laughs> uh, 10th of June, 2011. Grishma and Upma are on the prowl for a suitable husband for Sunita. Who do they set their sights on? <laughs> There's three people here, stop crying. Grishma and Upma set their sights on a husband for Sunita. Yeah, because Dev's, Dev's not good enough. They're getting is, a divorce. Is he not? Like, Can I have any clues for this one, if you're in a clue-giving mood? Well, who would you, who would you think was a suitable candidate for your beautiful... Somebody rich? Hmm. Um, Somebody who's got a good job. It's only... Um, um, oh! 2011. Yeah. It's, was it 2011, was it? I've written that down. I cannot, I cannot um, confirm or no. deny if that's no, the no, correct date. No, it probably date. was. It probably was. This is when they came back. Oh, I don't know. No, Come I don't. Come on, you can't think of anybody who's got, like, the most stereotypical... Like, oh, that sounds like like the a best lawyer, job, a ever. doctor, Doctor Matt Carter. Doctor Matt is one of them. Hey, 
I would also have accepted Nick Tilsley, obviously, yeah. and Marcus Dent. Oh, good. Sonographer. Who is a sonographer, but also gay. Yeah, yeah. But that's no barrier. No, well, he, he, he was up for a, a bit of a fumble with Maria, wasn't he? 11th of June, 1986. Final 1986. Question. Okay. Yes. Why does Tracy's surname get changed and what to? 1986. Well, I, I'm guessing then that that was when Ken adopts her officially, so she gets changed from Tracy Langton to Tracy Barlow. Correct. Hooray. 100%, yeah? I thought wrong. Oh, I thought it could have been worse. Thank you very As much. Always. Who has got a birthday coming up in the next We've week? We've got so many beautiful birthday people this week to wish them all the best and absolutely no horrible things. Hope nothing happens. Nothing horrible happens to any of these people. <laughs> what are you saying? This is ironic. June, Teddy Turner, played Chalky Whiteley. Yeah. Um, Leslie Duxbury, who's a writer. Uh-huh. Kim Marsh, who played Michelle Connor. Lover. <laughs> uh, 14th of June, Sophia Huck, who played Poppy Morales. 15th of June, Stephen Malatrat. I, have a, I don't know who that I is. I don't recognise that, no? What does it say? Maybe it's just somebody who works. It doesn't say anything. Yeah. I haven't read this down. Of significance. Yeah. Um, Rupert Hill, who played Jamie Baldwin. Yeah. 17th of June, James Gaddas, or Gaddash, depending <laughs> on whether you're Liz. Um, who played Vinnie Sorrell and Tracy Bennett, who played Sharon Bentley. Oh, lovely. So, happy birthday. I also hope the same as you. Yeah. Happy birthday, shall everybody, we, to come. Shall we she's do going s- to be, she's going to have a special birthday this week as Tracy. She's going to be, she's going to be 60. Don't tell anyone. I think she's, I think she said about it on Twitter, it's all right. Happy birthday. Should we talk about Coronation Street now? Should we talk about what's been going on this week? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, so what happened on Coronation Street this week? Let's find out. I thought it was an all right week this week. Me too. I was like, I was expecting, I don't know. Looking at, as as always, I didn't look at previews, but I saw one or two pictures kind of sneak past me on Twitter and I thought, oh, it it looks like they're going on a more lighthearted week this week. And sometimes that's okay. And sometimes it's a bit like, no, you're trying too hard to be funny. But actually, I did quite, quite appreciated it this week. We had some good stories, some good moments. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so let's uh, let's get cracking talking about it. We, I don't know. We're, we're supposed to be. We're waiting for a delivery. Are we going to have a, a? Where are we getting a delivery from? Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Acardo, getting fancy. What is it? When? What do you mean? We're getting a delivery Grocery coming. Grocery delivery. Yeah. Yes. When have we ever had Sainsbury's or Tesco? I don't know where we get it from. Well, I know you don't. Anyway, we're having. Why are you, a, we're, we're going to be... specify if you don't even know? We're going to be having a grocery delivery at some point during this this recording, so look out for the doorbell. Listen out, whatever. What are we talking about this week? Rutting ties is our first storyline, um, which is turning into a bit of a midlife tisis as well, isn't it? <sighs> um, we've got some rovers changeovers at number two. Um, please not running, please not running. Uh, number three, new storyline title alert. Oh, which one should we go for? The first one or the second one? I've got two options here. Gemma? You decide. Winter into Dabinja is our third storyline of the week. So we've got Bernie and Dev. Hmm, who'd have thought they'd have worked out as a partnership? Uh, we've got a read for Franklin, which desperately needs a storyline title change because it's not really to do with that at all anymore. I can't think of one, so that's sticking. Um, we have got Stand and Relivered because Peter has got his new liver now, hasn't he? All better, all over, good for him. A um, bit of telly sales and marketing and also a little bit of um, quad stuff, which doesn't have a title at all. Although I think, um, actually... We'll come to mention it. Didn't we call it a, a little hard of hearing last year? Because it was Alad. Yeah, let's call it that again. Gemma, I've monopolised this podcast so far, so I'm going to let you take our number one storyline of the week. 
what happened with rutting ties. Am I allowed to say something yes. now? I've got, I've got my tea, look. I'm going to be sipping and slurping away while you're telling everybody what happened. Can we just get through the next two hours without slagging everything off? We'll do it. I'm not going to be doing any slagging off. Impossible. <laughs> it's fine. And if it's you all don't fine, like it, I think you can turn it off. <laughs> right, so, as you said, first storyline, Tyrone, isn't he a dog? Yes. I'm on team revenge here. I know that I know that Fizz is trying to take the high road of and everything. I'm on team use the children. <laughs> <laughs> team manipulate the situation using the children. What's wrong with that? It's a good old fashioned soap thing to do, isn't it? I am glad it's a good that old fashioned week, real life Fizz thing to do. Taking the high ground, but oh, anyway, let, let's get to isn't it. Isn't he horrible? Isn't he isn't he such a little toad? I think that everybody is so kind of locked in on their Team Fizz or Team Ty side. Everything that anyone's okay, doing. Right. Some people are on Team no, Ty. Listen, whenever... I know. I know some people are on Team Tyrone. But at this point, are you not wavering somewhat in your loyalty? Like, it's okay. You can admit it. Aren't you starting to find it a bit gross? Or do you revel in the <laughs> sordid nature of his depravity? I think that even Tyrone was a bit shaky about whether he was, he was on Team bit... Tyrone midway through <laughs> this week. Getting... Oh man! If you, you, I think on this side, this this story has really kind of gripped everyone and split us in two. And whatever, if you're on Team Fizz, whatever Fizz does is is right, the right thing to do. And whatever Tyrone thinks just makes him worse and worse, and vice versa. Well, as I kind of well. like the mess they got into this week because it really was a case of just misunderstandings and people getting their backs up. And it's one of those inevitable tragedies, mm. inevitable domestic tragedy, which which Coronation Street is all about. So anyway, on Monday. Um, Fizz reminds Tyrone that he's supposed to have the girls after school today. And can I just add, I don't know if it's... It can't be to do with bubbles, because we have seen Alina with Hope. We haven't seen Ruby, obviously. Ruby there's, is there's just... Obviously, don't know what's doing at the there's moment. clearly some coronavirus stuff going on, which is limiting the amount of time that we can really see them together. But I do think it is really odd that we hear about Tyrone having the kids and we only, like, see Alina doing it. For all like, for all that I've seen, Fizz has done all of the childcare, but then she's asking Tyrone, or is telling him, that he's got to look after the children after school. So presumably this is an ongoing arrangement where they, they share the childcare a little bit. Obviously, I don't think they sleep over with, with no. Tyrone. But we have. Have you ever? Have you seen Tyrone take care of his children at all since he shagged up with Alina? He's too shagged out, isn't he? He clearly is. <laughs> it's not. I. I assume that he's doing some kind of, some some kind of childcare, but it really is bad for his image that he. We haven't seen any of it on the show. Anyway, yeah. I just. I just like the one thing I don't want is for, um, this storyline to like malign fathers who have, um, sort of left their wife or girlfriend. And moved on. No, I don't want to see Norris dressing up as Batman again. Yeah, I don't. I feel really. Uh, it's a very difficult situation because um, I understand that not every relationship works out, and you can't just stay at home for the kids. And Tyrone's got to move on if that's what he wants. Um, but he's not been a really. He's been a terrible father. <laughs> anyway, what? No, no, carry on. What yeah. were you going to say? I was just going to say. I think that that there were times this week when he was written a bit more sympathetically, when especially when Fizz was. You know, particularly foamy at the mouth. She was fizzing at the mouth, let's say, and and you know, bringing in the lawyers and everything. And Tyrone was I... like, "Oh, woe is me!" But I, and I think we were supposed to sympathise that. I think they're doing a pretty good job of not making it look one hundred percent either way. 
Okay. I honestly, honestly, I think that I'm. I'm not straying. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you what to think. That's not what this <laughs> podcast is about. So anyway, um, he's having the girls after school. He says, "Of course," but then he says to Alina, "He forgot all about it." He said that he said to Dev, "He'd do an extra shift." So this is him delivering groceries, isn't it? It is. So Alina says, "Don't worry, I look after them." So um, then Alina overhears that Sarah wants a machinist. So she says, "Oh, why don't you have Fizz? I know that she's very good, and not, she needs the money." It's not Fizz; it's Fizz. Fizz. Sarah's like, "What? I thought that you hated each other." And Alina's um, sort of like, "Oh, I've decided to take the high road." Um, and Sarah's, "Oh, good, great, that's brilliant." So Hope goes. Um, Hope's and Alina are together. Ruby's locked in the toilet. I think we find out. I don't know. I think she was. She's locked in the toilet. Uh, you might be right. Maybe they've got one of those hundred and no a thousand and one toilet joke books in there. Oh yeah. To pass the time. Yeah. Um. So, uh. Yeah. So Hope's looking through Alina's makeup box. I hope that she hasn't got any double glammy stuff in there because that's expensive. You don't want the kids to mess around with that, <laughs> do you? Um. She's she starts Hope starts saying that she's insecure about her appearance and she wants Alina to give her a makeover. Um, but you know she she's trying to get Alina in trouble. She's here. not really secure about her appearance, is she? She's completely um, taking Alina for a ride at this point. You just said exactly what she just said. She's not very secure with her she's, appearance. She's she's not actually insecure like, about. Her I appearance. hope that I hope that hope has no thoughts about how she looks because she's a little girl. But we know that society is very cruel, so maybe she is worried about not having enormous eyelashes like a camel. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just love how she was. She's so turned, so so switched on that she can use that. To... <laughs> like, I'm glad you didn't no. say turned on, but you were going to say that, didn't? <laughs> anyway, she is. Um, yeah, she's evil hope, and we love evil hope on on this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. We stand evil hope. <laughs> so she's just being manipulative and not insecure, which is actually I prefer. I much prefer a manipulative little girl than one that's sad about the way she looks. That's yeah. what we should have more of in this country. We'd see, I think the last time maybe we'd seen Hope with Alina is when she was saying, oh, she's no Elsa. Could yeah. you remember? Yes, I do, yeah. No, she, she's no... Uh, no, who did? She was saying that she's crap, basically, and uh, that's no, great. Alina said that she was more Anna than Elsa, wasn't she? And Hope's like, no way. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's, who's the magic one? Elsa. She's yeah, but ma- Anna had magic of her own because she's got a great personality. <laughs> All right, later on. Fizz is having FaceTime with Izzy. And again, you said this to me. What? Isn't it a thrill now to see Izzy? I love seeing Izzy on the podcast. On the podcast? On the, on the programme. We really enjoy seeing Izzy pop up on her little FaceTime it's chats. It's great. Um, I, I think this, this really... break from Izzy yeah. <laughs> has really made me appreciate her more. I mean, I'm sure that this, next time she comes wheeling around the cobbles, I'll be like, oh no, here we go here again. We go. But I think that she's been great, these couple of appearances. It's lovely that Cheryl-Lee's being able to be included in the programme somehow. And it's nice because it feels real tr- true yeah, to Yeah, life. true in how, how things are at the moment. Yeah, <sighs> so she's having a fizz time with face. <laughs> 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 Um, they're Izzy, getting drunk together aren't they well yeah socially distanced drunk um, Sarah comes in and says do you want a job and Fizz says yeah I would love to I love a job and Sarah says Sarah's such a stir isn't she she's, she's been stirring all this week oh you shouldn't give them your liver oh yeah Alina you should thank Alina why would you say to somebody you should thank your husband's mistress for this job 
Fizz is not happy about this. She goes around the flat and she's already... She goes around um, Alina's flat. She's already mad that she owes her a favour. Um, and then she sees <laughs> Hope covered in makeup, including lashes that have been glued individually to her eyes. I don't know. <laughs> Do you attach them? Stick them on the other eyelashes that already exist, which always seems strange to me. Um, also, Alina is done up as well in in like this really childish looking super rouged um face um she's getting mad then uh tyrone comes home and he's like oh alina i'm so disappointed in you and tyrone and alina argue by this point i think everyone everyone else is gone and alina says that fizz is playing them off against each other and then she goes oh let's go make up with each other and he gets all randy again, and they both go off to the um. The well, who knows where? Well, I don't know where they're doing it. Um, I think it was Chad on the Facebook group who pointed out that at this point, Alina's still wearing this childish makeup, and she looks like a little girl even more than she usually does, and it's really cringe and uh-huh. gross. Yeah, t- t- she she knows what she uh, doesn't take much to get Tyrone's pulse racing, does he? Does she? And she's he's such a a horny. He's turned into a dirt, dirty perv, isn't he? He feels like... I am really not enjoying um, this at all. It's gross and... Uh... I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying being grossed out by it. I'm en- <laughs> I think I'm enjoying the outrage because... Um, spoiler alert, I have been very super stressed this week. I joked about having a mental breakdown last week. I think I had a little one today. I googled it <laughs> just to check. I've been crying, I've been screaming, I've been shouting. What, to yourself in an empty home? Yeah, why not? What am I supposed to do? Put a dressing gown on and go and, like, stop people on the street? You, yeah. You were right. I tried to speak to you on the phone earlier. I wouldn't talk I got, to you. I got told. I've been having a day. I phone put down I'm on I'm having a day. So, it's really fun to direct that <laughs> rage and anger towards a fictional character that has... Um, done something naughty because it's really it's kind of uh no stakes is there no nobody's gonna get hurt because i'm mad at tyrone <laughs> so i feel like i can channel my energy quite safely yeah you do it you do it it's better than um doing what i was doing earlier which is sitting on the sofa crying Don't, you make me feel bad <laughs> why it was, i didn't cause I, you a mental break no now. it wasn't you <laughs> wasn't you this is everything i had a really it's bad a day today. going on at the moment everybody um, if i tell you what happened this morning you'll laugh at me but it was really traumatic because we had me and my dad had to take the dishwasher out and <laughs> we got an integrated dishwasher that the new buyer the, the new, new buyers don't want it so we had to take it out anymore. and we didn't know how to do it so my dad came around to help <laughs> and um i was already feeling a bit bad and upset and very stressed out and I've had a stomach ache because of stress so I was not great and then um, I was do- trying to do work in the other room and then suddenly my dad starts screaming at me going turn off the water and I can hear water rushing oh, no. and pouring everywhere I didn't know this story you haven't told me this yet and so I rush in and he's going find the stopcock <laughs> turn off the stopcock so like we've been all Hey, where's your stopcock? To the people who buy the house, like, well, where's the stopcock? I don't know where our stopcock yeah, is. I know exactly where the stopcock is in the new house, but no idea here. So I ran into the, I went into the cupboard and I'm just turning dials and he's like going, get out of there! So I run in <coughs> to the kitchen and water's still going everywhere and it's spraying me in the face 
and it's covering my clothes in water. It was like, it, oh it was the most hilarious, but also tragic because I was really mad. And so I had to fight. He's going, get a bucket! Find a bucket! <laughs> <laughs> I found like a, um, I had to open the oven and get out a, a, a what's it called? A pan, mm-hmm. a saucepan. So I put that in there and then there's water going everywhere. There's stuff, I'm, I'm pulling stuff out from underneath the sink and finally we get it to stop and then eventually after a while he's he's trying to get and get stuff from out under the sink and fix all that and then he says um okay i'll go turn the water on again so i'm sitting there and he turns the water on and it sprays me in the face again literally (laughs) sprays me in the face with cold water and i'm like (gasps) like this was and this then, before or after I phoned you and you were having a little breakdown? This was about the same time that you tried to phone me. Okay. And then he was trying to fix it and I didn't know if he could fix it. The water was everywhere and everything was getting messy and dirty and disgusting. And then I'm getting phone calls from you about awkward things that are very stressful. And um, that was that was what happened today. Oh. So it was kind of comedic, but yeah. also... I like that. Thanks for telling me the context. I had to cry for a lot... <laughs> There weren't enough war as it was. <laughs> so I had a day today and um but now I feel better because I cried and and um and also Coronation Street wasn't too bad. It no. was quite funny. Yeah, good. So um and I'm enjoying doing the podcast. Wow, oh, that if that had happened on Coronation Street, that'd be the comedy storyline of the week. That's what it? I'm thinking. I'm like, I can imagine this happening to Gemma and Jesse. Mean, this sounds like, you know, Reg and Maureen in the waterbed levels of hilarity. Oh, it's not funny when you're actually doing it. That's why they're all <laughs> not with Gemma's dad. That's why all the towels are on the rack. Uh, okay. I had to do two loads of laundry today, as well as everything else. <laughs> I'm glad uh, I wasn't here. I was <laughs> I would like, have been totally used to your dad would have just been getting screaming. mad at me. <laughs> I, was, I, still, I still really have this fantasy that I want to go out into the darkness somewhere and scream. I'll just do it after the podcast. I know, but I think everyone would think I'm being murdered. <laughs> I don't want to upset people, but I do think I really need to scream somewhere in the dark. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so that's why I'm kind of... You said about being outraged. I'm just kind of enjoying being outraged at Tyrone. Mm. And um, is it healthy? I don't know. But nice to see, even though we know it's not real, that other people are also having difficulties at the moment and it's not just us. Um, and it's also kind of... It makes you feel kind of happy when somebody... <laughs> it, it's self-inflicted, you know? When yeah. you suffer for your wrong de- wrongdoings. Because I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong to deserve this, being sprayed in the face by my dad with water. It's not fair. No. And then we put the dishwasher outside and somebody stole it. But that's fine. That was part of my plan. It saves us having to get it yep. taken away by the council. So on Wednesday, um, Emma's Back put up... Back to Corrie. Right. So Emma's sick and tired of this. And I really like that she stood up for herself again. She is not... <gasps> Wednesday was the picture episode, wasn't it? Yes. Um... I some people thought it was stupid. I was all in for that. I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Well, we remember and the Alina, reactions that everyone was given to it. Remember, Alina had this um, couples. Should she call it couples photo shoot something or something? Like, that, yeah. like it's a thing. Like you have your. It's more of a couples photo shop, wasn't it? It was a little bit. She's the way she was talking about it, it was in such a matter of fact way, as though everybody has one. Like. You have your engagement party, you, you know, you get married, you have your couple's photo shoot. You know, these young'uns these days, those people in their early 20s, they do all, they've got all their strange traditions and rituals and uh, routines, haven't they? They're making up a whole new world of dating, mm. aren't they? I think we need to get Good in on Good luck that. to them. 
Well, where, should we, what should we do? Because Tyrone and... Or let, well, let's just get to the okay, photo so, and then we can... So, um, first of all, I'm just like saying to uh, Alina and Tyrone, can you stop having noisy sex because I don't like it and you're keeping me awake? I don't know what... I think I would cringe myself to death if somebody did this and I could hear them. Tyrone's just proud of himself, isn't he? He's foul. He's so chuffed. So, um, the giant photo arrives and finally Tyrone starts to realise that he's gotten himself into... <laughs> really unusual situation. So the photo then, there's the car with the with the hood up, and in front of that we got Tyrone standing with his like big old bicep there, kind of just looking all manly. And what's the and, name of the object and, in his hand? And some kind of car turning twister. It's a car turner, yes. Yeah, and um Alina's there giving her kind of sexy like sort of Do you know who she reminds me pose. of? She reminds me of that really cringy time that David and Victoria Beckham went somewhere and there were all these rumours about him having an affair and Victoria Beckham was posing like he was a um, a stripper pole and she had her knee. Do you remember that picture? No. She was, she was like, Hank, she was like, she was doing the exact same pose as Alina, like with her knee raised. She looked like, it looked calves. like something off, what's that magazine that real men buy? FMV, FH? What is it? FHM? HMV? HMV. I don't know. Was it Queen of Playboy? No, I'm sure there's a man's magazine. I don't know. Nuts? Zoo? No, it's something like that, isn't it? What are you talking about? No, there's a magazine. There's a famous men's magazine, which has just got tarty ladies on the cover. She basically looked like that. And then, so they're standing in front of this car, and then behind the car, there's just like an explosion of sparks. It looked awful, and it was obviously supposed to tacky and cringeworthy and Tyrone takes one look of it and he I think that this is the point he realizes what have I got myself into I'm dating I'm dating a woman who is far beyond um my ken basically um yeah I don't know what we would have if we were to have a photo done like that so he stood in front of a car what would I be like in front Um, of a blackboard or something excuse me it would be us with a bunch of kittens exploding kittens yeah yeah okay just like um, a bit like a, fu- a fire explosion, and I'm there with my sexy knee up, and I've got a kitten in. in both I can't my hands. do the bicep thing that Tyrone's doing. Yeah, but you, if I give you a, a big, big old, I don't know, big old fat cat. I, no, I'd be there on my mortarboard and my cane, and it'd be a bit kinky. I don't like that. <laughs> you can naughty that. school girl. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so th- th- this photo is great, and um, and good on Roxandra and Alan for posing for that. Because, it was really, uh... really cheesy. It was great. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, um, it's really badly photoshopped together, because obviously they can't stand that close to each other in real life. And the... The, 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 the sparks behind the car, that they didn't even attempt to make that look to good. Be, to, I mean, to be honest, every picture tells a story, right? Every picture's worth a thousand words, they say. Mm. The story I get from this is that Tyrone's letting the car blow up because he's being seduced by a sexy lady, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of what happens. Well, I think it's the like week. he's looking underneath the hood to find out what's the problem with this, but it's actually coming out the boots exploding. <laughs> you can't even find the right part of the car. <laughs> and isn't it a metaphor for what happens this week as his job starts to become in jeopardy? Due oh, yeah. Playing around. Oh, he gets I mean, the talking to from Officer Craigie it tonight. It was a prophecy, this picture, and everyone laughed at it. But actually, it was like the Nostradamus of photos. <laughs> so anyway, um, Alina sees Tyrone at work, and she's like, oh, you do like the photo, don't you? It's really nice. And he says, of course, I, I do. I love it. I love how she just completely adores the photograph as well. That's it, clearly... 
the tackiest thing it ever. really is a bit like hilda and the muriel it is, where isn't she's it? got something that is because i think those kind of things were quite fashionable at the time to have murals and painted things and stuff mm. um i don't know how what you know how widespread it was but i think it was kind of a classy thing to do yeah. whereas this is you know this is I don't know. You got the famous scene where Annie goes into number 13 and sees Hilda's mural on the wall. And we got... Like, oh, God. Yeah, I think I'll just face this way. We'll get get acclimatised to it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this week, we just had a couple of people going into the flat and, like, Fizz's reaction as well to see it. It's just like, what the hell have you got yourself in? She just found that quite hilarious. I think this is kind of iconic, to be honest. It is. It totally is. I hope this picture stays in the show for a long time. They're not going to keep it out there forever, are they? But they can't get rid of it and this is massive canvas it is so that's going to be it must that's going to be so much money i know that's going to be there on the wall in the props department isn't it i <laughs> yes! want to see I, you know, next time we go up around the set i want to see this photo for real i need i need i need alina and tyrone to stay together for enough time so that i can admire this photo um i want to see them like you have it as their christmas card this year <laughs> Like put a sexy Santa like, hat on her. You can't yeah. make a Photoshop any worse. Just bung it right just on bung there. Bung it on the top. Yeah. Clip art will do. Yeah. What we need is a gallery of like really awful Coronation Street art, or just iconic Coronation Street art. Like we can have Alf as as the mayor. Well, the the Coronation Street colouring book has got plenty of iconic colouring uh, pictures, hasn't it? Available for all good bus <gasps> shops. Gonna, oh, and Jimmy Mystery. Mm? On an orange background. Oh yeah, and don't forget cow. Um, don't forget Jesus and the cowboy. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be told that's anything other than Jesus and a cowboy. Don't even try to tell me. We've been told, but I don't want to be told. <laughs> so anyway, this photo is awful, but nobody can admit it because Alina's so hot like Aphrodite, as uh, Ronnie and Tyrone decide. And as they're talking about this, along comes Fizz asking for £40 to be put into the joint bank account because the girls need shoes. Talk about coming back down to earth. Hmm. Emma's alone in the flat. She's trying to sleep, picture. isn't she? Because she's, she's not been able tired. to get any sleep because of their incessant rutting. And she's there, rather, rather than going on to into bedroom, she decides to sleep it's with not funny this photo she goes looming over her. But the, the expressions that Ali's pulling when she's, 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 like, trying, to, like, oh. she's trying going under the covers and then peering out and just getting creeped out by this thing looking down on her. It was great. Um, oh, the other thing we need in our portrait gallery is the picture of William Roach. Oh, yes. Uh, did people enjoy my Photoshop that I put on Twitter last night? <laughs> I was quite pleased with that one. I think I did a really good job with that one. The mm. William Roach 60th anniversary portrait. That another massive canvas. I, I tastefully inserted into the scene. I think it was quite good. Oh, Emma would have preferred I, that. I think I mean, there's a lot of mileage that can be done with that photo with, in Photoshop-wise. Like, we can replace the photo with other things or yeah. we can have, you know... Uh, put the photo in famous art galleries can't we like have people in the Louvre, the Louvre yeah. looking at Tyrone and Alina or... going I so I'm so glad I came here and you know what the weird thing is her eyes do follow me across the room mm. yeah. or we could or we could do it like um you know Coronation Street stick it in famous curry scenes like the we know we're dead <laughs> naked on the side of the building <laughs> yeah. now we replace <laughs> it with this Michael you're giving away all your ideas here <laughs> you got to, you got to um do all these before uh the, the podcast comes out now <laughs> Right, so she's weirded out. She tries to cover it up. Alina shows up and she's like, why are you doing that to my lovely picture? And Emma's like, oh, you know, art's very subjective and <laughs> oh God, <laughs> what can I say? The first time I saw it, I thought it was like, and I thought it, they were cosplaying Greece. But what? it's not, is it? No. 
No, I know it's not. No, it was cosplaying Grease Monkeys. Mm. Alina has to take Hope home from school. um, And she's still got her eyelashes on, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Then, and so Alina's trying to take her home. And... I think she, yeah, she's naughty or something. She, she's she's, she's doing, yeah, something she's like that. She's doing on. the usual curry thing of when people walk down the road, one of them has to walk two meters behind the other one. Yeah. And then when, but when Lena's back's turned, Hope's gone. There's a screech of cars. It sounded like she just, she just hijacked something from outside the uh, <laughs> garage. But no, that was Ronnie driving away, almost hitting Hope. Yeah, and everyone's shocked um, because this could have been a tragedy. And Alina says, oh, you did it on purpose to try to scare me. And Tyrone says, oh, great, Fizz is going to love this. I can imagine, like, if the car had been getting too close to hitting her, she would have just turned around and, like, held her hand out and yeah. used her pyro, pyrokinetic powers to just explode it in a ball of flame. And Ronnie had been flung out of the street. And we're like, yeah, well done, Hope. I'll be even more now. If Hope turns Don't out buy to the rovers, be Ronnie. A, some kind of... X-Men mutant with... She is. I mean, we know that David is trying to develop telekinesis. Yeah, we haven't seen much of that recently. There's Chris moving powers. I don't know whether he's moved on to um, the big family size bags yet. Yeah, we don't know. We haven't seen enough of him. I think we should do. It's not fair. Anyway, so um, Fizz, Fizz comes along and Hope says... Um, oh wait! I want. She basically said, "I ran into the road, as if as if she wants to end her life, because Alina says everybody loves Ruby and nobody likes me." <laughs> and I was thinking, "Oh, I don't know. Is it true?" <laughs> Everyone was saying that Ruby's Ru- very cute. Ruby's. But, we've not you know, seen much of her in this past year and a half. Hope being evil is definitely That's my jam. Thing. Yeah. Um, and at- Ruby's is just sassy. At home, Fizz has to go to Tyrone and says, I don't want Alina to have anything to do with my girls again. And Tyrone and Alina say, you can't do this. Um, and she says, well, I will. And they leave and she starts crying and goes to see Adam. And she says, I don't know what it is, but I want some kind of legal thing against Alina on an injunction or whatever. And Adam says, I think you are being a bit too hasty now. I, want you, I think you should talk it through. And she's like, ah, and drops off. She goes around to Tyrone's flat. And um, this is when she sees the art. Yeah, she says, look, OK, I'll calm things down, but maybe we need to have some kind of proper consent order in place before you see the girls again, because they could have got hurt. And he says, no, I'll just see them without Alina if I have to. And she says, no, I'm not having it. And then she looks at the portrait and she says, you're a joke, you know, that and mm. leaves. And oh, my gosh, can you imagine how big of a hole you would fall into if you were Tyrone at that very moment? I know. This is the kind of picture, that picture they've got is the kind of picture that if you don't 100% love it, you need to get it out of your life because you cannot half-heartedly own a picture like that. You have no, to you commit gotta own yourself. It. You really do. You can't be Tyrone about it. You have to be <laughs> Alina. So anyway, she's, um, she's left um, him feeling silly and he follows her back home and has it out with her because obviously now his pride's been wounded and Evelyn walks in on it and he does the old... Oh, her, Ruby's my daughter, not yours. You can't have her. And everybody has a cliffhanger over the break. And all around the country, we're all going, oh, oh. I can't believe can't he said that. I can't believe that's an awful thing to say. He what? went there. Oh, dear. But 
look, this is not the first time they've had this argument. In fact, I don't think it's the second time they've had this argument. This couple have been saying this to each other the entire time they've been a couple, as far as I can remember. Every, Every time now they and have then, a you make argument, out like, you know. No, but they said it far too much for me to be surprised that this came out of his mouth. Mm. Then he says, oh, I didn't mean it. And Evelyn takes Fizz's side, fizzles his orders him out and starts crying. And Evelyn's trying to calm Fizz down so they don't use the kids as ammunition. And Fizz says, but I don't know what to do. Everyone's taking Tyrone's yeah, side. Yeah, AK-47. Is that a gun? <laughs> yeah. Trying to sound manly then again. <laughs> oh, use a big gun like an AK-47. <laughs> That's what James Bond has, probably. Um, don't know what to do. Everyone always seems to take Tyrone's side. And, oh, how could lovable Tyrone be mean? And um, I think, really, that everyone's discovering lovable Tyrone does not exist. Mm. I'm finding this really interesting because this is what Jenny said, Jenny McAlpine, when I did that Zoom uh, call with her at the press day a couple of months ago. And she was saying, everybody always takes Tyrone's side. People, whatever he does, he's like Teflon and they always have a go at, um, at Fizz about it. And it's funny that within she the show that, as yeah. well, she's saying that. So he is. He's it's a... really frustrating because I don't feel that way at all about about the situation but i do know that some you know i i've seen people doing it and it really surprises me i'm not i don't think i'm really hating tyrone at the moment still not not in the same way you are there are no romanian girlfriends for you michael i know um no i i'm just really enjoying the story and one of the one of the things i wondered was would this story be as compelling with a different couple? Because in in many ways, I, I'm unhappy with the direction this is going because I don't want Viz and Tyrone to split up. I've said this many times. They've been together for a decent amount of time, no nine, nine odd years. I think they're a pretty solid couple. I know some people said they were boring, but I think as, a, as an everyman couple, I, I thought they were great. I loved Tyrone. I love Fizz. Um, so I wasn't happy they were split up. But then... So I thought, well, who who would this story work with? And if it was like, if this was Adam and Sarah, who cares? or if this was Gary and Maria, who well, was like, yeah, happened, fine, yeah. let them split up. Let's see what that, that I'm not, I've, I've got no, you know, I'm not precious about those as a couple at all, but the storyline would be boring. Exactly. So it's... It, I know, this is the thing, I'm not, I'm not too mad about this 22. anymore. I was really mad about it before, but um, the whole point of the show is to engage you and um, get you to talk, talking and frustrated and feeling emotions about a tv show is a bad thing so I'm wondering... it shows that it's work you know it's if it if you care enough about it to get mad about one of the storylines mm. it shows that it's still you know you still yeah somewhere. so I, i'm wondering whether i will get to that like stage with jenny and johnny because at the moment i i'm still yeah cory's not in my good books for splitting those two up but you know what when the story carries on we've have we, have we seen much of johnny if anything this week i mean a little bit of wisdom we saw when they you know, eventually start slinging mud and everything maybe i'll really be into it because i like those characters i i have to say i do most of the time like a good argument yeah and i really like this like i said this situation of where um everything kind of spirals a bit out of control uh at this point of or during the week mm. because um alina let's so okay so uh, this is where alina starts to manipulate tyrone in my opinion she's she is um not sure how to react to this but i'm i am waiting i feel like we're the foundations are being laid here for her to start saying things like oh she why does she have the house I don't know whether she's that manipulative. I don't think that she's got much going on between those ears. 
I think that you don't she... need to have much going on between your ears to recognise a pound sign, especially when there's a purple brick sign up outside the Rovers because two other people got split up. Think about it. You don't have to be a genius. No, I, I don't think so. I, I think she's just happy to be happy to be in a relationship with Ty and uh, most of what she's done so far, if not all of it, she's being portrayed as the innocent yet also seductive temptress. I don't find anything innocent or or um, mi- a misunderstanding or not your fault of um, getting in between a couple when you know that they're in a relationship when they're still going out with each other. I, I literally know, don't. I know. There's literally no situation I can under, I can see um, where it's sort of appropriate to split a couple up. I agree, but we've not seen her scheming and or having anything an like affair that. with somebody. Like, like unless you've got given a week to live, and the doctor's like, if you want to shag anyone, you've got to do it in the next few few days because you're going to die. Then maybe I could forgive you for, but can't you just break up first? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, totally. I just... I, <laughs> I, I There's think... literally nothing that's so speedy that you need to jump into bed so quickly as these two have. I don't get it. I don't get it. There's literally nothing about the situation that makes Alina innocent, Michael. You well, be... Just because she got glued on eyebrows, you're suddenly like, oh, she could be dead, bed. Look at her lovely face. That baby doll kind of Oh, accent. look, she's got dimples. Oh, my God. Stupid men. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, Alina's like, oh, well, why don't we take advantage of the kidless weeks and go on holiday? And when Fizz calm down, we go back to her and let's have a lavender bubble bath. And he's like, ah, you don't get it. This is really, this is really important. And um, I still don't know what he's done here because it doesn't, we never find out really. He starts tapping away no, at the computer. Didn't, didn't and then Fizz calm, has calmed down because Evelyn sort of talked her down. Then she looks at her phone and stomps off and she goes to see Adam and says, Tyrone's taken a load of money out of the joint account. I haven't spoken to him about it, but he's either taking Alina out somewhere or he's going to get himself a lawyer. So I need to beat him to it and I need to get the legal cogs a turning. And she says, I'll do whatever it takes to stop Tyrone. Yes, revenge, revenge. (laughs) (laughs) On Friday, Fizz has a go at Tyrone in the street. And he says, well, I need cash as well. I, and he says he went out clubbing. Is that really what it was for? I think because so. What he's, but the thing is, though, he kind of he sits down like, you don't get it. This is important. And then he, like, taps on the computer like, you don't get it, Alina. This is really important. How much money do we need for shots? <laughs> Does that make sense? Well, Not really. He, he the definitely way goes, the goes way out he... clubbing because somebody gets, uh, gets a shot on, a uh, booze on his top, doesn't he? He, he goes out clubbing, he is, he's been boozing, um, and they, they have arguments with each other. He goes to work, and Kevin says, you still smell a booze? And he's like, oh no, some students oh, built yeah, yeah. ale on me, and um, I'm fine. I was out drinking till late, but I'm fine now. And Tyrone says, um, Kevin says, oh, you better watch out. Uh, it's hard to bounce back after a night out at your age. Well, he, he says, um, like, when you're nearly 40, and Tyrone's like, I'm, I'm not. But he is, yeah, isn't he? Ty- Tyrone is our age. I thought he was, a, like, a year older than us, or maybe he's a year... He's pretty much the same, isn't he? I know, but if somebody said to me, you're nearly 40, I would still get mad. It's like, shut up. You I don't know. need to say it. <laughs> you don't need to say well, it. My clubbing days are well behind me now. Yeah, exactly. I've never been to a club. <laughs> <laughs> Life begins at 40. That's true. You can go to a club if you like. You should go for your 40th birthday. Yeah, all right then. Well, well yeah. Um, yeah, so he's, he's thinking of booze all the Friday. Yeah, so Kevin's, yeah Kevin's like, oh dear, that's not good. 
<sighs> then he tries to ask, uh, Tyrone tries to ask Adam, oh, can you be my lawyer because Fizz is being a cow? And Adam's like, sorry, it's not legal. <laughs> Conflict um, of interest. I can't because I'm already, I'm already representing her. So he goes over and bangs on the door. Then they shout again at each other. And Tyrone says, you can't have Ruby. I've checked. She's mine. <laughs> I've checked. She's mine. <laughs> Check the label. I should have looked on the barcode and it matches. So, yeah. Checkmate. <laughs> Fizz says, actually, it's down, all down to who is she's best with. Also, you stink of booze. And so he goes over. He's just been off to um, a, a breakdown rescue. Didn't want me. Didn't help me out. <laughs> it's Officer Craigie comes up to him and says, I've got reason to believe you've been driving under the influence and gives him a breathalyzer test because he stinks of alcohol. And he tries to explain he's just wearing the clothes from yesterday, but it doesn't wash. He passes the test, but he still gets a warning because he only just passed it. Oh, dear. And when Craig goes, Tyrone thinks Fizz has dobbed him in. And I she's don't there think twitching she's the curtains, <laughs> she's isn't watching she? Number nine. The road. What fun. Um, he goes over and accuses her. She says, yeah, whatever. I'll do it again if I have the chance. Evelyn, <laughs> Evelyn is mad because... She's, just, she's more disappointed she's than like, mad, isn't you guys, she? She's like, you guys could sort this out, but you just keep arguing with each other, which is fun to watch, but not really productive. Um... Tyrone goes home to complain to Alina about all this and she says, oh, you have to fight back for the girl's sake. And he says, well, I've got no choice now. I have to. And then he does the pose from the picture. <laughs> and then there's a car explodes behind <laughs> yeah. him. And she goes, oh, no, another one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Evelyn finds Fizz's list of Alina's faults, which is evidence. And I, I thought this was a bit pretty bad of Evelyn. I think this is correct. This is what Fizz should do. Not necessarily a list of all the things, because she had on there stuff like squinty face and stupid accent, which I thought wasn't really anything wrong. <laughs> no, she didn't really. She she was writing down all the things that had happened. That reminds Pope. me, do you remember when... Um, I can't, who was it that wrote it? Was it Toy or, or Leanne who wrote in, writing the list of pros and cons about Imran? Oh, do you remember that? I remember vaguely. I can't remember anything that was on it, but... I know that list has been kept. <laughs> <laughs> so, where are we? Handsome lawyer. Um, where are we up to? <laughs> I don't know. I'm lost. Oh, yeah. So anyway, she's, yeah. she. you should do this in a situation where you're having some kind of disagreement with somebody. Yeah. You should be t- taking notes of things. Well, it's just things like nearly allowed Hope to get run over by Uncle Ronnie's car. That Glued kind of her thing. eyelids shut. Yeah. Said she was not as good as Hope, mm. for example. Cooked her tripe soup. <laughs> Um, I think you'll find out with Seven, he's dead. That was really poor oh. taste, Michael. Just like the soup. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, she, she finds this list and she said, this isn't the way to go about things. Um, you, you can't do this. And then Fizz really heartbreakingly says, I, I still love him. This is killing me. Oh, I can't so stand sad. to see them together. And she says, I lie there at night and I imagine them together. Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you go around Emma's, if you go around to Emma's, you don't have to imagine. You can hear everything that's happening. They're probably filming it, aren't oh they? Oh, my God. You bet, bet they are. I bet Alina's got her no. little webcam there. No. I don't know what, what kids these days get up they to. They film it. But you shouldn't. It's bad. You shouldn't because it can be used against you. Um. <laughs> probably uploaded to the family account on Tyrone's phone like the last time. <laughs> This is like, oh, what's this? Another bank alert. Ah! <laughs> it's a bonk alert. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Fizz is still in love with Tyrone and she can't stand to see this happen. 
Evelyn says, oh, I had a friend whose husband left her, blah, blah, blah. It's basically her. Um, she's, she admits it's her. Yeah, I was reading between the lines, though. I think maybe she was talking about herself then. So, yeah, she says she is in the same situation and he came crawling back and she told him where to go. Yeah, because she'd moved on and found some yeah. new friends and she'd kind of made a new life for herself. Evelyn with friends, I'd like to see that. I, re- I really would, maybe actually. Maybe she meant dog I, friends. I, I really, really... Well, we've seen Arthur. We've, we've seen her see, other friend I, I she need, went on a train trip with. I, I, I know. I, I want to see her, you know, bring back we need the, the, the spirit of Ina, club. Martha and Minnie. Or one even Branch and the One O'Clock Club, yeah. So anyway, um, fit, fit, well, now we've got an Undertaker's One O'Clock Club could come back, couldn't they? Anyway, um, she says, Fizz, you need to move on with your life. You can't just be bitter. Tyrone comes to number nine to collect Ruby later. Fizz has calmed down and she says, I won't stop you from seeing the girls whenever you want. Tyrone is happy and he says, all right, I won't take Ruby away from you then. How nice. Isn't that nice? This really wound me up (laughs) because as usual, it's the woman who has had to make all the concessions. He's got everything he wants out of this. Well, they... They're kind of just He's in, no in way... the same situation now as they were at the beginning of the week, really, aren't I they? I know, but we... <sighs> what has changed? Nothing really, except it, it was fun to watch them arguing. <laughs> yeah, it's one of these things that, you know, is natural for a couple who's going through this situation. You know, they're, they're going to have these thoughts and they're going to have these moments of high tension and yeah, arguments and they're my I'm taking the kids no you're not so I didn't mind seeing it even if it I hasn't was, particularly progressed I just feel really bad for Fizz because she's got nothing now she's 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 kind of been tricked into being grateful for Tyrone leaving her with her child with the children in the house you know that oh thanks Tyrone for not for not dragging this through the courts and trying to take Ruby off of me well <laughs> I did um but it's difficult. Part of me is thinking, yeah, he really does. He really should have the last say on Ruby because, yes, she is his daughter, not hers. But but you got to well, remember. Well, he said they didn't want to split the children up. Fizz has been Ruby's mum since she was about what three months old, maybe four. So pretty much all of Ruby's life, Fizz has been the mother figure there. So even it's it's what so tricky. What we need isn't it? is for Kirsty to come up and go. Well, I don't think so. Just imagine if Kirsty was dried into the street, having probably her with an exploding car behind her as yeah. well. I imagine, and just say, "I will have her." Thank you very much. I would love. Wouldn't it be kind and of then wi- Fizz and Tyrone unite in the no, face I, of Kirsty? I kind of imagine Fizz and Kirsty uniting against Tyrone. Oh yeah, and, and uh, um, Kirsty giving uh, Alina the evil eyes, and um, Alina goes, "I don't care what she says about me. I'm in love with you, Tyrone." And Tyrone's going, "No, you don't understand. She'll beat you with, <laughs> with, a <hoover. laughs> with a hoover. She'll throw a silver. What was that? A silver dummy or a rattle or something that she threw at him at one time as well." Well, yeah, I don't think that. Um, I don't think Kirsty's going to be turning up to solve this. I don't think that she is needed in this story, but it would be certainly not. Um, Did you think in any way Fizz was being unreasonable this week, like getting the lawyers in and everything? Because I I kind of did, but I I also I could be I could understand where she was coming from, and if she's seriously worried that Fizz, uh, sorry Ruby, who is by all extents her daughter, she she could be losing her when she hasn't done anything to deserve it. 
Um, I did not think she was in the wrong, be- only only because she thought that Tyrone had done it before she did. And this is why I kind of like the story, because it was a series of misunderstandings that had been built upon this mistrust that had been bred between these two because of all the things that have happened before. She went to Adam first, though, didn't she? She went no, to Adam first. I... Adam said, no, you need to cool your jets a little bit. Then she went back to him after she thought that no, Tyrone had been Rob, there. She saw the money had come out of her account. And then she went to no, Adam. No, she went to Adam first. She went to see Adam and then he said, no, no, you need to try and I, I don't think this is a very good idea. And this is when she went clip-clopping off back uh, down the street. Um, and then she spent the, when she sees Adam in the pub afterwards, that was the second time that she'd seen him. I'm trying to find it in our notes. I'm sure we just talked about this. Um, where have we got it? Where did it happen? I'm sure it did. I'm just trying to fill dead time here, dead air. I'm definitely right. I'm, maybe. I'm going to do a little search for Adam here. Biz goes to see Adam. Yeah, look. She wants an injunction or something against Alina. And then she goes to see him at the very end of the episode. Um, I... Yeah, this was because Hope had just said she was going to run into the street rather than hang around Alina. So, um... And then Fizz said... Tensions were high. Fizz says, oh, I'm going to... Uh, go to see Adam and he's cool off. And then she gets... Sees the money's been taken out... And then she goes goes back to him. Okay, I, fine, but still, can you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want... don't think it was unreasonable for her to sort of go, "Oh God, he won't listen to me when I say it's about." And I, I, you know, I think she's overreacting a little bit too with Alina because um, she knows she knows hopes hopes a pyromaniac. Don't pretend, Fizz. She tried to take it to a special school and it didn't I, work. I think that maybe she kind of jumped on the opportunity that presented itself when Hope ran in front of Ronnie's car. She was probably she probably told her to do it. She's like, I'll, I'll give you an extra five pound pocket money this week, Hope, if you get yourself into a into a, a life threatening situation, situation whilst yeah. under the care of Alina. Go on, you'll well. be fine. <sighs> um, yeah, so it so was... I don't know what's. Uh, I just I still I'm waiting for Evelyn to tell Tyrone that he's a stupid little. I'm glad that she's dog. taking Fizz's side more, but. Well, she can't. She, she, she has to take her side because she lives in the house. Unless she's going to move in with Alina and Emma and Tyrone in that little flat. Nah. I, I, I think that Evelyn has got some familial loyalty to Tyrone so that she wouldn't, you know, completely cut well, him off or anything. Now we know the story behind her relationship woes. You can see why she's completely taking Fizz's side and she's staying with her. Mm. Quite apart from the fact there's no bedroom. Where's your, where the other one? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a... Also, the other thing I will say, though, stuff. is I didn't really think that um, Alina was in the wrong, apart from gluing... Don't glue things to children's faces. Oh, I don't... Yeah, I don't know what she was thinking there. She's being a bit too easily manipulated by Hope, isn't she? Surely. This is what I was saying I mean, earlier. What? She's can not just... clever enough to can I just be ask? manipulative. She can be outsmarted by a 10-year-old. Yeah, what's the age difference here? Is it like five years? <laughs> Think a little bit more than that. <laughs> I yeah. I, I'd say she's at least no, twice. Hope apart age. from gluing the eyelashes on, I didn't think it was that bad that she put makeup on her. I don't. I don't get the no. outrage. I mean, didn't um, didn't Jade do that as well? Sometime I, I've got vague ma- recollections of a she makeup put bruises party. on her. Yeah, I know she did that, but I thought that she had a makeup party. Like, I, don't I think know. it's perfectly normal for little girls or little boys to want to dress up and put makeup on and do that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, it's just like having a little disco at home or something. It's or like, fine. Or like, be all like mummy. Yeah, but when you use 
you know, super glue Don't or whatever Don't glue things is, to children. I've, I've been told this it, many That was times. a bit of a stupid idea. Although, <laughs> again, she, she, she is the expert on this, isn't she? She's the nail and I. Oh, I thought you were going to say she's the bit. expert because she has most recently been a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so and, and she knew you just you just need the right kind of solvent to get it off I don't think you should be having to select a special sort of s- substance to put on the f- child's face to get stuff off otherwise in Romania we pierce all the girls ears when they're two years old no no we? no no <laughs> um, anyway that, that's it for that story I, th- I thought it was plenty fun um, and then yeah, as I say, I'm a bit conflicted because I'm very unhappy that the couple have split up, but it's making for engaging it certainly drama. Is more, you certainly feel more invested in this than anything that's happened between Gary and Maria, Sarah and Adam. I, I don't know whether I can think of a couple. I mean, Toya and Imran, they, they haven't got the same you know, history, have they? They haven't got the girls to fight over. Uh, Toya and Imran. Well, they don't have any... Yeah, I mean, they'd need to adopt a few kids so that we can Yeah, get... oh, who gets Kelly? You have her. <laughs> you have her. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I can't think of another couple who would make the story more engaging. So, you know, maybe... Well, Donnie maybe and Jenny, but they point. haven't actually had an argument. That Well, they, they haven't had they've an just argument. Given they've up, just given up, they? have rolled shout, over. One of them shouted out the other one, and then the other one shouted out the other one. Well, speaking of Jenny and Johnny, let's talk about the Rovers' changeovers now. Um, so, on Monday, we had... Um, <laughs> Jenny telling Daisy what's been going on uh, about the the breakup between her and Johnny and everything, and Daisy can barely contain her glee. This is at like the Christmas. Thought. This is everything that she's ever wanted. Uh, this is her dream, and it is literally her. Yeah, the, it's o- been a dream the only the thing that has this been a driving force. She's got. The, she's for the, the last character eight months or so on Coronation Street that's had the most consistent dream. And it's been this. Yeah, and it's finally come true. Hooray! Um, so Jenny says, look, we've been, Johnny and I have been drowning for years. I just need you to put out my misery. Excuse me, Jenny, have you not looked at that penguin picture? Oh, the penguin picture. A couple picture. that are drowning and not committed to one another cannot have a penguin picture that cute. Also, penguins can't drown. They're really good swimmers. Think about it, Jenny. Think about it. They swim. No, they fly underwater. Johnny with Johnny had a sad scene this week at some point, didn't he? Looking he looked at, at the picture. Oh, I love that pic- he's going, picture. He's just thinking, so who else then? Joanne? Uh, <laughs> Josephine, yeah. Anyone with a J I can have. Are there any other J's on the street? I can't remember. I don't think so. I think he's going to have to find a new character. Uh, I, I think, yeah, if I could have a piece of wall art on Coronation Street just to uh, yeah, take home as a souvenir, it would probably be that. Um, and not Alina and Tyrone's picture because I would love that. <laughs> For the that comedy in value. The foyer I just think it's cute. Mansion. And then the visitors would come round and ask us why we've got J and J, and it'd be a bit of a talking like, point. None of your business. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Um, Jenny, J- J- Daisy is thrilled at the prospect of that Jenny and um, uh, Johnny splitting up, and um, but she, Jenny does refuses to entertain the idea of jumping back into bed with Uncle Ronnie. She says, "No, I need to I need to put that to bed." Um, and then Johnny shows up for a chat, and jo- Jenny says to him, "Look, I need you to move out. As soon as you found somewhere to live, you can stay here for a little bit, but we're over." He's not particularly happy with this idea. Where where would I go? He says, "Why don't you leave?" So it's all a bit stalemate, really. And um, he, so he suggests that, look, let's just leave it for a few weeks, see if the dust settles, see if we're still mad at each other then. And Jenny's like, no, I need to rip off this bandage now. We're done. We're over. Can't forgive you. You don't rip off bandages. 
don't you? You rip off a you band-aid unwind. or a plaster. I was going to say band-aid, but I didn't want to... Be a branded. To, no, I didn't want to um, uh, go into American parlance. So if you, if you take off a bandage, it's like it kind of insinuates that there's... I got bandages on the brain. I was teaching mummification in history oh, yeah. today. That's really interesting. Those out the brain and everything. Uh, that's maybe With a crochet hook. Yeah, it was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what's yeah. That's probably that's what's happened the to. Uh, hook was invented. I think of a couple of characters on Coronation Street that maybe had had that done to them. Bit of a uh, well, lobotomy. Their no, their brains hooked out. Well, that would nose. explain a few things. It would actually. Gail, maybe. <laughs> She's just been mummified. <laughs> um, so Daisy recommends a preemptive strike on Johnny. She says, "Look, grab his stuff, dump it in the giddle, change the locks." Jenny's like, "No, Amazing. I can't do that. He is a sick man." Um, she's determined that this marriage will at least end with some form of dignity, and that sounds like um, they're drawing up the drawing up the the lines to 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 have a full on full scale fight yeah, later this summer. Words, I imagine. Yeah. Um, so Jenny's back out. Um, Jenny's in the Rovers out the back uh, a bit later on. Yeah, and this is when he um, he's having a look at all the pictures and everything. There's a nice picture of him and Jenny on the on the side as well, and then he sets himself up on the laptop. Jenny comes in to, the, to see him later and she's like, look, I'm sorry about earlier. I put you on the spot when I said you had to go. I don't need things to get nasty here. I don't want to go down, don't want to go down the prison Tyrone, Tyrone route with this one. And he's like, no, you were right. We need to get this over. I'm <laughs> selling up. Jenny is a bit gobsmacked Oops. by this. I don't know. Don't she, know I would have thought, thought I don't know what she thought was going to happen. Um, but yeah, she was a little bit angry as well to find out that um, the Rovers could yeah, soon no longer be hers. Uh, don't worry about it. I mean, if it's anything like selling up our house, you'll still be living there by Christmas, Jenny. <laughs> uh, she storms into the bar. Johnny's gone at this point. Um, she's apparently been offered first refusal, but she's like, well, he knows that I can't afford it. What's the point of that? So Daisy says, what about Rita? Why don't she chip in? But that Jenny doesn't want to rip her off. And that would have been quite interesting, so having her go back to Rita, because that would have had shades of um when uh, Bet went to Rita back in 95 and that when she was leaving. Yes. And, uh, and Rita came very close to becoming the next owner of the Rovers. But um, I don't think that it's any better a prospect to buy now than it was 25 years ago. Um, Daisy says, look, Jenny, you need to fight for this. You've earned the right to stay in this pub. You need to fight. So Jenny um, later on has been on the phone to the bank, but they're not going to give her a loan. I think she said something, she said something like, oh, one more... Uh, flare up a COVID or if we if we go into the next wave or something and we could be out of business anyway so can't go down that route nice and topical like it um she's absolutely gutted after all the work that she's put into this business like Monday quiz nights yeah and that was a um, stool in the back of the bar for her there. to sit That's on hers, and lord though. it over everyone she's like that Beck. yeah she's definitely having that Time stool take that um Daisy um comes uh comes in no what happens there oh, i'm just lost on my notes yeah, yeah yeah daisy comes in with ronnie later saying um he's uh, he'll invest as a sleeping partner nudge nudge wink wink he's under the impression ronnie 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 comes in and says yeah i'll give you the money daisy's gone and got him and said jenny wants you to come and give him the money so he's under the impression it was her idea but she's uh, fuming at the suggestion and sends him on his way it's just delaying it's delaying the inevitable isn't it I if, don't know. if ronnie doesn't sure end up buying the, the rovers i will be very very pleased man indeed it feels like it's gotta happen um night time later daisy comes downstairs says sorry to jenny and um, says look i'm gonna fight for the rovers with you and jenny says look we're not gonna end up on the streets i will sort this uh, and that was kind of the Monday was the main day for the story. It petered out a little bit on Wednesday and Friday. We had um, Wednesday, 
um, Daisy tells Fizz and Maria about Johnny selling up uh, and Jenny. And um, she says, well, I think it could actually do with a bit of sprucing up here, actually. Daisy's kind of getting her claws into the Rovers, isn't she? It would be really interesting if it turned out that she actually had loads of money. All along, because this is what she's wanted. She's never said that she was poor... She just said she didn't have anywhere to live. I thought that she was mooching off that boyfriend that she had from one episode. She did when have she a rich in. boyfriend, didn't she? Yeah. And she, so she's, her dad's got this new girlfriend mm. and a baby. So I don't imagine. I don't think. She would I have think that if she had money, money, she would be, she'd be living somewhere else. She wouldn't be living over a pub. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, this is when we get the introduction of the purple brick sign, which I'm sure we can talk a bit more about in a minute. Um, above the Rovers, Sean and Emma have seen it. Um, Jenny invites them in to explain and says, look, don't worry about it. Your jobs are safe. Whoever buys this place, I'll give him, you know, my highest recommendation. You'll be okay and Jenny will be all right as well. Um, Daisy reckons that maybe Jenny's next move should be investing in double glammy. Jenny's not so sure about this. Um, she's trying to put a brave face on things and everything, but you know, she's kind of sad because she talks about how she's going to miss this place and everything. I think that, I think it, it's starting to look like I think she will stay. She's got too much... Jenny, I, I think she's showing... I'm kind of picking up hints. and I mean, it, it, she's saying, oh, I'm going to miss this place. It's going to be so sad when I'm gone. And it feels like it's kind of... They're, they're wanting to pull the rug out from underneath us and have Jenny remain as the landlady after all this. So somebody else could buy it and just keep her in there, really? Yeah, Ronnie. That's what I, that, that's what I right. think is going to happen now. Um, Friday, um, there's basically a classic um, viewing plot where somebody comes with the intention of buying the rovers and then the um, present incumbent puts them off by doing x y and z we've we've had this we had it with um remember percy sugden was trying to put somebody off buying number three when emily wanted to sell up back in the 90s it's been it's been done many times before and uh daisy's um choice of um weapon this time was uh what was it gone off prawns that she hooked out of the bin and stuck them under the table in the uh, in the lounge and uh, yeah, it does the trick because the uh, delightfully welsh prospective buyer that comes along um has got no intention of staying there if the place stinks because i think daisy tells them that at first she says um oh it's Gemma and the quads and their pooey nappies then she says oh it's just the punters they come in they all stink here and then she says there's um it's coming out the sinkhole because there's a collapsed sewer there yeah and um he he, he sods right off um, by the end of the episode, Daisy has admitted this to Jenny because she sees right through it. There's some furious air spray um, wafting around and, um, and Jenny's like, what are you up to? And Daisy, Daisy tells her and then says, look, I think that me and you could pool our funds together, um, save up for a little bit and maybe buy the Rovers together before anyone gets the chance. So this is kind of where we're left at the moment with the possibility that maybe Daisy could become the new owner of the Rovers. I don't know what I want less, Daisy in charge or Ronnie. It just seems really weird that... Um... <sighs> so whose name is over the thingy, the door? It's Johnny, and it probably shouldn't be, because we have had stories is in the past... Is it definitely Johnny? Yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. That I, it always was Johnny, and I don't okay. think that there's been any mention of, actually, we need to change this name to Jennifer Connor now. Because she... Um, because he's been in prison. He's been in prison, yeah. Yeah, but, and, and Jenny Jenny was carted off for the baby dangling incident, wasn't she? I don't know. And she, if... and she wasn't arrested for the, the, the running over uh, Liz, 
with a trolley tro- trollop tracker. We like an eccentric in charge of a pub in this country. In fact, if you get sectioned, you actually get to the top of the list, mm. waiting list to be a landlord or landlord. But yeah, I think that previous landlords and landladies in the past, like, was it, um, I think Vera's name We've went had above the Rovers because Jack... Because um, of yeah, or something um, I can't what's remember. What's to do with uh, having a criminal record? Or and... maybe it was maybe it was it was the fact that Liz, you know I don't think Jack's been in prison. Maybe it was the fact that Liz had her name over the door because Steve had been in prison. I don't know, but I, I would have thought that um, unless they've got they've relaxed the rules a little bit in the brewery trade, you, well, you're not allowed to have an ex-con it's not running like a pub it's now. Heroin. Maybe this is. I mean, could be this is where the story's going, and um, it turns out that. Johnny doesn't have the right to sell the pub because actually he's not officially yeah, he, the licensee anymore. I don't know. Well, being the licensee and it's being the owner is a different isn't thing. It? We've yeah, had this no, going forward. Coronation Street doesn't know the difference between it's the old barrister and lawyer debate again. Or selling the premises the company runs out of, mm. which are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think about this uh, this purple bricks now that we've seen it? We we did a cabin extra know. on it about a month ago, didn't we? I don't mind. It's I just fine. the only thing I wouldn't like to find out is that the story had been pitched by purple bricks. Um, I don't have any reason to think that that is what happened. But if I were to ever like find out that a sponsor had that much of an input on the show's storylines, I would be very upset. I don't upset. think they've got the power but, for that. Um, well, dep- you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I work in, I work in an industry, I work in a similar industry, entertainment industry. Somebody came to us and suggested something that f- kind of broadly fit in with something we wanted to achieve. We might do do it. You know, if, they, if, if Purple Bricks came to them and said, oh yeah, what about, what do you think of this? And they went, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I don't know. But as for the, the appearance the of the is, brand like, on they, the show, it's, they, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't stick in my craw. I thought it would. Did they go around saying, hello, Austin and Wyatt, here's an idea for a story to want to pay for? for to, mm. that, that probably might have been yeah. a, way, a way to do it. And, um, but then, you know, that still influences the sort of stories. You know, are we going to have um, another story where they, they're pitching an idea because they think you can, they can get sponsorship for it. That's all, that's all I'm thinking of. It just feels like a story that's been sponsored, which is a bit, I don't think this has ever happened. That, that, that doesn't I mean, sound good to having the sponsors running the direction of the show. No, or but that's, you see what I'm saying? Pick it's not your stories based on how yeah, much not, money you can get yeah, from could it. We, could we, um, could we get, I don't know. I can't even think, um, can, can we get Sony to sponsor, um, David getting a PS5, mm. you know, or, or you know, oh, they won't, so let's get Microsoft to, to give them an Xbox, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, people complaining when stories are plot-driven rather than character-driven, <laughs> but when they're sponsor-driven, <laughs> yeah, I think everyone di- can agree that that's different. gone a little bit too far. It really is interesting, and, and you know, um, how did it come about? Was that how it happened? I don't know. I, want, I don't want anyone to think that I have any kind of insider knowledge on this, because I really, really do not know how this happened. Um, they probably said it in the press release we've just forgotten <laughs> probably um, I think I think it is interesting because Purple Bricks is, is an unusual estate agency in that you would have to show people around your house there's no estate agent that doesn't come mm. to to sh- do a showing so if anybody was watching the, pro- the programme today and go and thought to themselves where oh, is the realtor typical Coronation Street always cutting corners this is not how you sell a house Actually, if you, I think if you're Purple Bricks, you don't get somebody showing mm. the person around. You do it yourself. 
So from that point of view, it kind of worked perfectly with the storyline. So I'm so when things work out like uh, that, I get very suspicious. Jenny was um, very um, naive, thinking that Daisy could be trusted to show someone round. Of course, so what? A... I mean, good. But then again, maybe you know Jenny probably would have done the same thing. She also doesn't want to sell, does she? It's in their interest to keep hold of the Rovers and put off. What potential buyers for as long as it takes for them to scrape the cash together, really. If anyone's naive in this situation, it's Johnny thinking that Jenny and Daisy are going to be like, of course, and here's the bonquettes. And yeah. these are like, of course, the, both of them. I wouldn't trust Jenny either. No, he should be the one that's selling it, uh, showing the buyers around. Yeah, but he probably doesn't know where anything is. Why? Because he's not, not been there. <laughs> Where's, could you tell me where the stopcock is? No, I'm not <laughs> No, I can't ask that in a Welsh accent. I did a really good one over here as well. Is it here? Is it here? <laughs> is the stopcock here under the sink? Well <laughs> is it done. here outside? Oh, right. Can you stop now, please? Sorry, Welsh people. Yeah, you should apologise. I love I love Welsh accents. Gemma was... You, what are you doing? You're putting some chips in the oven. Now, what did we have for tea tonight? Spaghetti bolognese. You, <laughs> you put the garlic bread in the oven earlier when he came yeah. in and you were like, Michael, you like his accent, don't you? And he was like, I love his accent. First time I saw the guy... <laughs> was one of my favourite accents. I was like, it's Piers Morgan. It looks just like him, but someone who opened his mouth... I think it was the go compare man. Didn't sound like him at all. Um, anyway, so... Um, oh, I loved the... I loved... Um, the most expensive bonk in history. That oh, was yeah, a that funny was line. Funny. I can't remember what the context of that was. Well, that was just saying um, how much you could afford to lose by jumping into bed with Ronnie. <laughs> I wonder... I mean, if anyone's going to open their wallet, it should be Ronnie then, because, I mean, Jenny, Jenny's um, not got the cash. No. If if we, we want we want John, Jenny to stay as landlady, do are we are we agreeing on that one? that we don't want somebody to come over and yeah. take her place. Oh, no, right. So if the only option for Jenny to stay as landlady was Ronnie to come in as landlord, would we... Would you ex- grudgingly accept? <laughs> it's a tough one. It really, really is. I really want her to stay. I, I cannot see anybody else in the cast at the moment that I'd rather see as landlady than Jenny. Well, we had a, um, a poll put on our Facebook group earlier today and um, Sally and Tim got quite a few votes. I think they'd be quite good. I, I couldn't ha- stand well, it. <laughs> oh, having Tim. So, Sally, <laughs> th- that would have real potential it to bring back shades some of shades of Annie, Annie Walker, Lily and Spencer, wouldn't it? It would have to. That but could I'll tell be you something, fun. Tim is no Jack. He's, He's not. He's no Jack Walker. No. He needs, but, to, he needs to put on about five stone and I don't think that I, um, Sally can't. I think like that they would be quite good. And you know what? Sally's been in the show for a long time. I think she's earned it, which is another problem, I have to say, that I have with Ronnie and potentially, or potentially Daisy getting the ownership of the Rovers. When the prices moved in, or Priceman Rovers... I was literally Rome, about to say this. We had a discussion on the podcast about you have to earn yeah. being Rovers landlords and landlady. There have only been a few of them through history, more, increasingly getting, yes, frequent exactly. in recent years... But you can't just swan in and say, hello, I'm in charge of the Rovers because the viewers don't know you and they won't accept you. And it just feels to me that this, you know, this new guy. Um, what, Ronnie? Ronnie. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't done enough to earn the status of Rovers landlord yet. I've... I agree with you. and I agree with you, but um, I, I'm not going to cry if, if it ends up that he owns the property. Because like I said before, having... Um, the owner of the Rovers return being a black guy, I think that would be pretty good. I think um, I like that idea. 
I do, but I, as long as and Coronation also, Street integrate... just don't say, look at us, we have our first black landlord, no, look, aren't we great? Yeah, but um, it would integrate the Baileys more into the that, street. That would be good. Like, can you imagine them all in the back in the back room having a chat? That that would be nice to have them there. I I think. I, it's I understand not so you're much... saying like, oh, you don't. Yeah, it's not. I think it's... he's got a good personality to be a landlord. He's, he's very... a charmer yeah, and exactly. warm and welcoming. But he could be the sleeping but... partner, like he suggested. Who? Mm. Uh... I mean, maybe I wouldn't mind that. Oh, but it, it's not. It's not him being landlord that I've got a problem with. It's him getting together with Jenny, and that's what really gets my goat. He can be their landlord all he wants, especially oh. his sleeping partner even better, as long as he and Jenny don't get together. And I, I just want her and Johnny to get back together. I hope that at least out of Fizz and Tyrone and Johnny and Jenny, can one of those couples get back together, please? Do you, do you want... I, I'd love them both. But you are you would you want them back together or is Ty, you know, burnt his bridges now? I would not want... I said this before. I do not want Fizz to take him back. Oh, what about Johnny and Jenny? Would you want them to get back together? I'm, I'm just so desperate confused. for both of them to the reunite. The thing is about it is that with with um, Fizz and Tyrone, I feel like the betrayal is so deep and he's messed Fizz up mentally so badly by rejecting her and making her feel bad about herself after she spent years of her life, you know, as his girlfriend supporting they've all been, him. They've all been messed up right? mentally on that street okay, with listen. all the drama. Toya should be having a field day. She'd be coining it in. Sorry, carry Johnny on. Johnny and Jenny, <laughs> I think they gave up to, so quickly. They did. I don't feel like I want to fight for them if they're going to give up so fast. Because, you know, and the, and the kind of, I feel a bit like the show's rewritten history a little bit here. Because Jenny's saying, oh, we've, you know, this relationship's been terrible for years. Well, it's just as what we were saying with his and, entire weren't we? And um, saying, oh, I never forgave you for Liz all right, if that's how you're going to play it, then don't get back together again. I'd rather that neither of them did. Oh, but they were so good. Their wedding was so cute. I know. <laughs> it was good. I, I... Michael, I've said this to you before. Um, don't cry because it's over. Laugh because it happened. I just don't want her to see you Remember those Ronnie's happy arm. memories of don't... the motorbikes and the hospital. I know, I know, I know. Um, I mean, I suppose if... Will, will Jenny get half the cash this of the Rovers sale? This is the discussion sale? that's she been could... ongoing on our Facebook group where people have been discussing who owns it, Is it if it's in Johnny's name, is it his? I've if she's married to him. I genuinely don't understand how it works if it isn't just 50-50 because that's how I've been, what I've been banking on this whole time. I'm going to get out of this with half of your stuff. <laughs> you don't have my stuff. I want half. I want all my stuff and half your stuff. No, I don't. Want, I don't want any of your stuff. Is that right? That's great. Um, but you, yeah, you, you know what I mean. I, I don't understand how it isn't just a, a given that, it's fifty fifty. Doesn't I don't think it really matters what he came into the relationship with. It's not all about the money. It's about her broken heart, and that's you can't you can't repair that. Oh, no, but she's the one that got. was that she cheated on him. You know. Yeah. Oh, why but, did they you know, do this? People are talking about, oh, she looked after the Rovers when he was in prison and how much, what percentage of um, of its success is down to her and what is him. And I just don't think it's that difficult. I don't think it's that complicated. Is it? I mean, oh, oh this is why I can't bother to get divorced. <laughs> Too much hard work. Yeah. It's anything like buying a house. Just forget it. <laughs> it's just, it's just struggle on we'll just through. Just be like, um, 
be like, who was it that just, oh, Tim, just be married. Just forget that you were married. Just can't be bothered to get divorced. It's too much effort. Right, let's move on to a, to a happier relationship. Winter, inter, divindra. Gemma, what are you doing stroking you? I've got you? my, I had my jab. Jabbed. Gemma is also fully jabbed up now. Really Both of us, we are fully, well, soon Gemma. When it when you've had your two weeks, and they didn't sign a bit of paper. No, I'm an We've illegal. Both had both of our jabs now. Jabbed. You can come and give us all the hugs you want. No. Right, um, Gemma. Right. Back to you. Monday. <laughs> so this is this is returning to Bernie being um, Evelyn's slave, wasn't it? Yeah, Which took Evelyn a break last hurt week. Her leg, and um, well, she pretended to. Uh, she was he, hanging out at the washing, having a dance uh, a couple of weeks ago, wasn't she? Which Bernie I found out about. I think this has been hammed up a bit too much, but Just a tad. I'm not going to criticise the great Maureen Lippman. I would dare not slag her off. There was both ham and sausage in this storyline, and I'm not just talking about the sausage that Bernie has in her pocket. <laughs> right, Monday. Bernie's back from walking Cerberus, and they're having the best of times, and they're best friends now, and Evelyn's a bit jealous. That was the cutest thing. And This would be maddening. I'm a cat person, everybody knows, but Cerberus rolling around on his back, looking adoringly and, up and, at Bernie's face. And, was and Bernie's like, letting him kiss her face and stuff, it's great. She goes to the shop later, and she's really smug, because she's this is part of her plan. And she tells Dev, just you wait and see what I'm concocting. So she goes back out again with Cerberus, who's still quite standoffish to Evelyn. And as soon as um, Bernie's gone, Evelyn jumps up to try to win Cerberus Cerberus back um, by playing with him. And Bernie opens the door. That's the most sprightly we've ever seen Evelyn, I think. She was really going, dancing around the line. Come on, boy, come on. Um, He catches her and, you know, she has to give in and admit that it was all a sham. Bernie goes back to the shop, crying about her triumph. She's been using the old sausage in the pocket trick. Um, I don't know. She really, really had that covered with Layers so of cling much film. cling film. It's like she was trying to kill the planet. Does that actually work? If you have a bit of sausage in your pocket, dogs like roll over Dogs for would you. just want to sniff your pocket. I don't mm. think it would. I don't think sausages make a dog fall in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> um... So if yeah. you did, when when we go when we we go and ever see a, a dog, when you know when we move house, and you're like Michael, we need to go and get a dog. You'll be you'll be smuggling sausages into all my pockets, won't you? For that. Oh look, he loves you. <laughs> um, right, so slipping me the sausage. Let's stop now talking about sausages. So RD and Dev are there, and they're both making sausages. <laughs> <laughs> Who gets that reference? Nobody Come on, gets that joke. <laughs> Ardy and Dev are very pleased that they've dodged a compensation claim off of Evelyn and Bernie reckons that she's owed a drink and she kind of um, won't take no for an answer from Dev and when she goes, Ardy makes fun of Dev for being at Bernie's beck and call and that's yeah. the beginning of the a romance for the ages. <laughs> On Wednesday, Ardy's winding uh, Dev up and Dev says, I'm still Peng. He did, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Pengis, Pengis munch. Um, Bernie says, I, I'm... I'd go out with that. Me and your dad, it's the start of a beautiful thing. And Dev's smirking. Because the, the, the way this starts is is they're they just winding that, people up, aren't well, they? They're they pretending. see that Ardy's 
getting wound up, so they they deliberately do it to to kind of freak him out. Ardy yet then, again stealing the show in the in the few scenes that he's in this week. As all great romances begin, it's all a joke to wind people up before <laughs> it becomes serious. That's how Phil and Liz started going out. Is it not really? Um, <laughs> uh, the date starts. Bernie regales him with her amusing anecdotes. Now that this is how Phil and Liz got together. Um, he finds her very amusing and he offers to go and get a bottle of wine and head home and gross Ardy out even more with all their flirting. Um, but they, first of all, they go to the shop and gross Evelyn out um, and Evelyn tells Ardy about it and he goes home expecting to see them together, but she's not there. So, so he's talking to Dev with his back to the door and Bernie sneaks out. And first of all, I thought this was a joke and that... They want Bernie wanted him to know that he was there so that he would turn around and think they'd slept together. But actually, they had slept together and she really was trying to sneak out without him knowing. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm lost by my face. Yeah, Bernie's in the pub later. She tells Gemma that Dev's all right, really. And Dev walks in and sort of uh, walks out down around the back. And he has a go at Bernie and says, oh, you're telling everybody what we got up to in the sack. This was a mistake. There's not going to be a round two. And they both get mad at each other. Um, Bernie tells um, Gemma, I think, that he's an arrogant pig. Um, that he She insults his manhood and her performance Yeah, apparently times. he was not so good. The Devster has she lost said, it. She goes, I was only being polite. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> um so she goes around to tell him what she thinks of him, storms around to Dev's house, had a go, but how rubbish he was in the sack, and then ends up... Um, Seeing if he's any better the second time. Yeah, just the repeat performance, I guess. She wanted a matinee whatever. <laughs> yeah, because there's another scene later, isn't there, where she's sneaking down with that way. Because <laughs> Ardy comes home and Dev's like, let's go into the kitchen, Ardy. So Bernie can sneak out. Whenever I see that, it just reminds me of Roy sneaking out when he yeah. was uh, bedded by Tracy. He wasn't. It's was no. all a joke. Um, Bernie finds um, Ardy finds a dishevelled Bernie coming out of the kitchen this is, wearing this is today wasn't this is Friday sorry Friday wearing Dev's shirt and with breakfast and she's like oh it's not what it looks like <laughs> she looked quite cool with her hair done um, they've tried to pretend they were doing the kebab shop proto and Dev says as hard as I try I can't satisfy all my staff <laughs> that's about all my staff so yeah not going to be moving on to Kathy next Later, Ardy tells a disgusted Usher and shocked Mary about this. Mary gets mad about this and has a go. I love her scowl that she did before she went stropping over <laughs> really to funny, uh, Bernie later. She confronts Bernie in the street about sleeping with Dev and Steve's watching, just loving it with his mouth open. Um, and <laughs> what does Mary say? I couldn't bear you to to upset those yeah. twins. Well, yeah, all, or all he, yeah. She says my my only concern here is about the welfare of Dev and those twins. And Bernie says, um, "Oh, you was take, quite taken by my twins last night." <laughs> How bawdy! <laughs> what would Ina Sharple say? Oh gosh, she would. Uh, her teeth would fly out. She goes. <laughs> what? A shock. Um, Bernie's, Bernie's like go, goes home whistling sex bomb to herself and Gemma can tell she's smitten. Mary and Bernie decide to bury the hatchet um, because she realises that... Well, Bernie kind of tells her um, that it's... She... She's not going to mess him around, basically. Yeah, but, but it appears that Bernie is... Um, quite sweet on him. Yeah. yeah but taken. she... Mary goes into the pub 
and overhears Dev telling Steve, oh, yeah, I'm only, like, I'm only, like, playing around with her. Like, I don't even care. Like, I've kissed her so many times and she still hasn't turned into a princess, which is quite funny <laughs> and evil. Um, and Mary's just really aghast and can't believe yeah, a man strides off so to tell Bernie, but we don't as see to it. boast to his best friend about his bedding. Do you think that Dev was kind of really meant that or was he just... I think he was no. showing off in front of Steve. Yeah. And I also think like... Um, but Steve would be like, what? But Bernie? Bernie Winter? What are you like? Well, yeah, exactly. Because she's not... She's um, she's a rather crass, crass lady. Yes. Um So I think... Yeah, I, I just think that Dev was just trying to... He's just being a... Dev is an, is an ass, isn't he? That's the whole point of his character. He's a clumsy oaf. And uh, Steve is also no better. I don't know what he's complaining he, about dev when he came well ever since his arrival in the show he's been a bit of a lothario hasn't he yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. He, even more so back you know 20 odd years ago or whatever when he first started and he could have any woman he wanted at the click of his fingers <laughs> and i think he still thinks that he's that same man he was he's got his mojo you know, when he was in his 30s on, you know, and actually he's had to put it on the back shelf for, for raising a family and now he's, he's ready to rumble he has and i think he he's going to find out that no, he, he settling for Bernie is better than nothing. What about and Bernie's? Bernie's lovely. I'm actually. I'm really. I thought more, they were I, really sweet. I thought this whole thing was sweet. And um, when I saw um, a preview picture or something of these two together, and then the headline up, bed, bed, you'll never, you'll never guess who Dev's new uh, girlfriend is or something like that. I what, was like, re- headline? I'm making it up. That's why I'm not in headlines. I just do storylines. You just do puns. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought, what, Devin Bernie? Why that? What, that's a random coupling, is it? What's the point of that? I thought that couples were supposed to get together based on, you know, maybe they've got something in common. But like, I think it was Ardy maybe that pointed out in the episode, um, Bernie is in no way Deb's type, is she? He's he always <laughs> prefers to go for the much more glamorous lady, and uh, and Bernie is well, rough as. But actually, she's she. I'm really I'm growing to like her more. It's taken me a very long time. I think that. Um, I, th- I read a, um, a bit of an interview with Jane Hazelgrove earlier today, actually, saying that she's definitely had the roughest edges shaved off her a little bit since she first arrived on the show. Um, and she's not quite as... She she was just a bit, a bit more of a deadbeat mum when she came in, wasn't she? All doing that, all that hippie she's also, stuff. Yeah, and... she's, she was a weird, weird because a lot of... Uh, don't, we don't normally have a spiritual... Yeah, that's kind of gone from her now. Yeah. She was a bit like, yeah, can't, can't be trusted... Um, very in it for herself kind yeah. of a selfish um, opportunist yeah um, but she's not really so much and she definitely has a heart of gold and all the cliches you want to say about Corrie women she kind she's, of she's getting closer to be honest to be like how Beth was before she turned into a massive cowbag yeah I think so Beth used to be quite a sweet yeah she sweet did mom. she really really was so yeah I'm and and I, I didn't think it had worked because she's not the sort of person. Why, why would this ever happen? But the the circumstances that led to them getting together, though maybe not completely realistic, was quite funny. And that was almost enough for me to go, yeah, whatever, let's, let's put Are them together. Are you saying that you're, you're so shallow that you can't see the, the innate worth of Bernie Winters? Well, I don't think... And her I think beautiful this, soul. She has got a beautiful soul. Uh, and, yeah, like I said, I think that, that Dev needs to... I don't, I don't mean I said Dev's got a lower his standards or anything like that, but I she's, think that he could. Um, I think they could make something work there. She's got an attractive. She's an attractive woman. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just saying that she she's still just not his she normal walks type. around and burps and eats kebabs out of the paper. <laughs> she's got a hideous child for a daughter. But, but, I mean, the thing is, are we going to even get a chance to see them as a couple? Because he's... I mean, she Mary's going to go off telling Bernie. She's going to be upset. I She'll assume that he'll just it. say, "Hey, Bernie, I was hey, just, I was just, uh, I was just a bit of around. banter with the Steve. You know how this man. <laughs> you know he's so shallow." Um, <laughs> but I, I, right, are we done. Do you think that they could be a a, a relatively long lasting couple? By Corrie terms, that means you know yeah. six months, maybe. Will they make it? Will it Christmas? last? Maybe, maybe. I would it's like about... it. I really like it. I think it's quite fun. Um, I think it would be sort of hilarious to see Ardy and Asha be so snobby because if she was like their stepmom even though obviously she would never even consider to put herself in that position but just to imagine them coming home from their little school and their little prissy um school uniforms on and and Ardy with his little quiff and they come home and there's Bernie on the sofa drinking a beer with her arms slung round Dev watching Zambezi Zambezi <laughs> I want I, I want um, them to be invited round uh, number winter. five. Yeah, yeah. Um, she could. She could say, "Hey, look, hey, Dev. Now we're now we're going out. We're sort of family, aren't we? You would agree that with that, wouldn't you? Well, can you not get the kids to come and watch the quads for me? Because I've got to go out somewhere. And then you just imagine Asher and Ardy standing over these four cribs. I, I don't know how these children are. They not at school by now? I haven't seen them for years. <laughs> um, just trying to babysit four children at once. I think that would be really funny because I do think that of all the children on Coronation Street, Ardy and Asher are actually the most sheltered and Oh, yeah, spoiled. definitely. <laughs> definitely. Well, maybe uh, maybe Kelly, you could say as well. Oh, Kelly's Spo- Spoiled prison. yet also neglected. Poor Kelly. So sad. What the worst of both worlds. Speaking of that story, and I am wondering what's going on with Kelly at the moment, because Corey's been charged with murder and GBH at the beginning of Monday's episode. So does that mean that Kelly gets let off? She, she hasn't come back home yet. No. But, I mean, as we saw from um, the Faye and Gary storyline early this year, they're a bit slow to, to kick people out the of prison if somebody else um, is, is charged with it. I just think that um, you, just because he was involved doesn't mean that she wasn't. No. And they can't really prove who did it, so they have to have a trial. I, I, I think this week could have maybe benefited from a bit of Imran and Toya commenting on the fact that Corey has been charged with murder and GBH, but... um, Never mind. Oh, well, maybe next week they'll be in it. This really had shades of... Oh, no, you're going to get to it and I'll, I'll mention it. Yeah, so um, Abby, Abby's found out that he's been charged and um, she's still wondering whether she should have just let him die at the bottom of the stairs there. And Kevin says, look, justice yes. has been done. What do you think? No. Yeah, let him die on the stairs. I'm always for the... Uh, I'm not like... <laughs> I always want the characters that I like to take the moral high really? ground. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, they oh. disappoint me time and time oh. again. Um, so Abby and Nina are off to court anyway to see the hearing, Corey's hearing. And apparently um, the police haven't said anything about this pushing down the stairs incident. So Nina thanks Asha for going through with her insane plan to seduce Corey because it's all turned out okay. And um, so they're in that, that courtroom that was built for the Yasmeen case. That I, I, I can't wait for them to be able to go back to a, a normal, big, grand, wooden courtroom. They're brilliant, aren't they, whenever they show up on Corrie. And, but, but I wonder whether they will think that they'll need to go back to it again. That's the thing with all this lockdown filming. Are they going to, when they're allowed to have more location shoots, go, now we're all right, actually. We don't need to go to another court. We don't need, you know, it'd be a shame. Anyway, so they're at court. 
Corey comes hobbling in on crutches just to try and get a bit of sympathy from the uh, from the judge. Abby and Nina are rolling their eyes at it, and then his um, lawyer paints this picture about what a you know respectable, promising young upcoming footballer Corey is. He doesn't doesn't pose a flight risk in the least, and he's got this bright future ahead of him. Please, can you give him bail? Please, please, please. And the judge is like, yeah, fair dues. You're on. Um, he can go home and he can wear a tag. Um, so Abby is very despondent later at the at the end of the episode in speed dial. Nina is there as well with her. She's they're all just moping about the fact that he's not had the book thrown at him completely. So um, well, this is what I was going to say. I I mentioned this before. I think um, a couple of weeks what? ago or whatever about the way that the court treats people differently. It's 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 to do with how good your lawyer is or solicitor, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, and Imran's rubbish. That's why Kelly ended up being so down. how much money you've got. Can you listen? <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so Corey has got a good lawyer, but also this lawyer is saying, Corey is, is sort of, um, without really coming out and saying it, respectable and promising basically just means he's a privileged child and he comes from a privileged upbringing. And so... It's obvious that the, the different ways that uh, Corey and Kelly have been treated, even though Coronation Street has made a massive mistake here, choosing Kelly as the poster child for disadvantaged youth. Mm. She's not that person. Uh, it, you can't shoe her, horn her into that role, but they're trying to. So it's a shame that the contrast is not more obvious between these two characters, because actually they're both spoiled rich brats. Yeah. Um, but but Corey, he's got the money, so he is buying justice here. And there have been very many high high profile cases in America that have scandalised the world really over the past few years. Like there was an affluenza case where the judge was basically saying, "Well, it's not his fault. He's got, he's got no morals because he's been raised to be rich, basically." Mm. So. This is this is what this felt like to me, and it was really interesting because I don't know much about the British justice system or how it works and what it's like if you don't have any money. Um, we kind of have this idealized view sometimes. I think in this country of, you know, everything's a bit more pure and less corrupted by money than it is in America, and I don't really think that that's necessarily true. So, um, if if Coronation Street is going down that route of examining the justice system from two different angles, um, that'd be interesting. But really, we want to hear. We need to hear it from Imran. Like, it'd be great if Imran said something about it. You know, like something along the lines to Toya, because it's not necessarily that he's a better or worse lawyer than the other guy, but he could say something like. I, we just don't have the resources. I don't have it. Like, she hasn't got any money. We can't pay for an assistant for me to do the research. It's not just me. It has to be a team of people. And we, there's no money. If only she knew the date that Weatherfield County were founded. Because her dad's got a whole lockup full of cash just waiting yeah. to be taken, hasn't they? Um, anyway, um, then Nina and Abby and Asher are all kind of united in... Um, disappointment by the end of the episode um and nina from this point onward just spirals downhill there's a there's a little couple of scenes on wednesday's episode where nina and asha meet up at speed dial and nina's saying how guilty she feels she she tries to take out of her mind but she just can't she thinks hey if only things had gone differently if only i hadn't you know gone out with seb if we hadn't gone out that night 
I, course, I, this would be the only thing you could think of. Yeah, she says she just wants to disappear. Um, so, yeah, she's... But then that carries on on Friday when she turns to the demon drink. Um, Billy, at first, though, goes over to see Roy in the cafe and says, look, Summer's really struggling with all this at the moment. I know oh. she wasn't there at the time, but... Oh. I don't, what's, what's her problem? The fact that she could have... She, she should She's have... sensitive... She could have got them to come home with her earlier or something. She was saying, she basically says later, if only I had got Kelly to come with us if I had, when I left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like it. if I had stayed, maybe something would have been different. She's just doing the same thing as the Yeah, the, the what-ifs, really. really. Um, so uh, Roy um, is convinced by Billy to um, bring some around so that maybe Nina can have a word with her and tell her it's not so bad. She, he, Roy has to get Nina's permission for this first, this. and she she's doing her sketching, isn't she? And she she clearly doesn't want to. She's not this in the right headspace so for offering sympathy to 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 Summer. But she's like, yeah, go on then, whatever. So Summer comes round later. Summer and Billy come round. Summer starts opening up to Nina about how guilty she feels as well, and Nina's just like, sorry, I, I can't like be that. doing with this now. <laughs> I lost everything on that night. My actual boyfriend was kicked to death. What did you lose? Yeah, nothing. nothing. You're she's just, she basically is a hanger on on the group anyway, isn't she? She just know, didn't like even you know it's not even your friends. Um, it's not your. It's not my job. Um, says Nina to make you feel any better. Sorry, I'm I'm going. Yeah, I thought this was great. Yeah, and then she goes round to the uh, the shop to get a bottle of vodka, and I I like the random scene of Death playing golf in the middle of the shop. Yeah. It's like, uh, it makes it's like is this one of these times where the episode underrun by about twenty seconds and like, how on are we putting let's just have golf just just Dev just give Dev a we golf know club that Dev loves golf give Dev a golf club see what he comes up with so that was kind of fun but um yeah he's he's a you little concerned he he doesn't want to sell it to her. he's a little concerned that um that she might be um self medicating yeah, with vodka exactly. and she's like well, I have nothing to do with you I'm not an alky like Peter um I'll take this if I want to. So um, she goes and... She gets it from somewhere. I don't know if he sells it to her. I can't, I can't remember. I can't she ends remember. up with a bottle. She ends up with a bottle and uh, she goes round to Summers later to say sorry because she... I think before she started no, drinking... Roy, Roy tells Roy her... Yeah, Roy's her. like, I'm sorry. And she says, no, it's my fault. I shouldn't have been such a cow. Go and apologise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes round to go and see Summer. And by this point, she is clearly three sheets to the wind. <laughs> um, Asher also comes over and some Summer's like just, she just wants to prepare for her Summer, assessment that she's got tomorrow nerd. I've got a test tomorrow sorry I can't be doing with this now what do and yeah Ashley comes around and Summer's like what do I do I've, I not, I've never seen a drunk person before I'm well like, um, I assume Ashley's come over to do revision as well or something yeah why was she there? because Nina I mean Summer was saying oh you can't be here you can't be here I've got to revise um, <laughs> Nina's just getting more and more drunk and she's going getting through. plastered well she needs a plaster yeah. later because she nearly chops her finger off didn't she <laughs> I don't know was she chopping at lemons or something maybe um, well I don't know why she didn't make herself a delicious vodka ice cream milkshake because she had a, she had a tub of um, ice cream she got out of the freezer mm. that would have been delicious yeah um, so anyway she Nina ends up getting fed up by being surrounded by these yeah, pair of losers. So she, well, she, says, she wraps I, her hand up with a bit of kitchen roll and then heads off out into the street. I was watching this and I said to you, oh gosh, um, Asher and Summer are such a pair of squares, aren't they? And then Nina went, see you later, losers. I was like, yeah, Nina, get out. You're too cool for that situation. <laughs> um, and then we, we later see her in Villain's Alley. She? She's swicking out of a bottle down by the uh, 
Well, listen. The dumpster there. Billy goes and sees um, Roy and says, look, I'm really sorry that this was a stupid idea. How awkward. And then we see Nina slinking down into Villain's Alley with a bottle of Bordeaux in her hand and she sort of like slumps onto a sheet of cardboard and just starts swigging away. And I cannot believe it's taken her this long to properly be a goth. She's not dressed like one anymore, but certainly <laughs> this is the most hardcore goth thing she's ever done, getting drunk in an alley on, on a bit is of cardboard. Is that what goths are known for? Yes, that's a well goth thing to do. Or is it emo? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the difference is. Poor well, listen, Nina. if you were to imagine what is like, I I am just bit, I am making a joke here. I understand this is not what goths are about. But if you were to like say, what's the stereotype of a goth? Slumped in, slumped in this, and a gutter drinking red wine, crying over your dead boyfriend versus giving out helpful spoons in a cafe that help you meet new friends and socialise. Which one? <laughs> Which one? Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. I think that Molly's do, still doing a bang-up job with this performance, yeah. isn't she? And I'm also starting to get used to... Summer? No, no, no oh. gosh, no, not All summer. Right, okay. I'm starting All right, to get sorry. used to makeup plus Nina. She's not, been... not wearing makeup. There's a lot of makeup, including fake bruises that are going slightly green. They are, go- they are going, they're turning Very at the moment, good. aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, when she was sitting in the... <laughs> I really want... Uh, it's, I'm still getting a bit creeped out. I wanted to go back to being goth Nina again. I think she will. She but... is goth Nina. On she the outside. She just needs gloves now. On the outside. She needs to be whited up a bit and um, get, get the... Uh, yeah, get all the, the... Eyeliner. And the skull apron and everything on again. Um, It'll happen. Yes. Um, but I, I, what, what do you reckon about where this is going, about her uh, just grieving well, this poorly? This is totally understandable. She says um, at one point, my mum's dead, my dad's dead, my boyfriend's dead. You know, what the hell? How is she supposed to react? Mm. Nobody's helping her. I haven't seen anybody, like, where's Toya? Where's the counselling? Roy's trying, be... but I think he's about a bit out of his depth with this, I mean, isn't he? okay, I will say this. Coronation Street has often dispensed a kind of very worthy, but somewhat twee worldly wisdom from Roy. Like, he always says something, and it's always kind of... It's always right, but it's always a bit twee, isn't it? It's always a bit, you know, what would you imagine the best advice from a wise person would be and Roy Roy will usually say it and it's always quite helpful but what ca- there's nothing you can say to this girl who has who nearly died herself because of what she was wearing and now has no one like all the all the specialist people in her life are dead mm. and what what can you say there's no bit of like sage advice or wisdom that you can give her and i kind of like the fact that roy can't sort of philosophize her, her his way yeah, i like what into... he was saying about um about hayley and how he said that i thought that was the worst pain i could have ever imagined but at least you know i had time to prepare and it was coming and everything and she wasn't kicked to death there's in literally an alley. nothing you can say to nina to help her this is like one of the worst she's had the worst time well of many I like think... recent in recent years she's thinking about how badly characters yeah. have suffered this is pretty this is one of the mm. the bad ones it just goes and to she's say so young goes to show the the caliber of her personality that she hasn't you know completely but and utterly dissolved I guess so, into pieces but at the same time isn't it kind of, aren't we i just feel bad for people that have emotional maturity and can cope with things 
And then they get stuff chucked at them. And then it's like, well, at least you've got the coping mechanisms or whatever. Like, it's not fair. It's, I, I, I'm just really frustrated for her. I think she needs to chat with Daniel because he, he came a bit of a boozer after um, Sinead died, didn't he? I don't Am think I it's that an right? unusual thing to do. But, I, you know, and, and you, everybody knows this, but it doesn't help. She just needs to hire, hire um, you know, a male prostitute and get him to dress up as Seb. <laughs> Sorted. Um... I just thought, I, I told you to write down emotional labour. And I really got mad notes. about this because I thought Roy and and um, Billy were being absolute cowards and really presumptuous and unfair on Nina to expect her to do the emotional labour that they couldn't be bothered to do to make Summer feel better about the small part that she played in what happened with Nina's boyfriend being murdered. I would have liked to have maybe seen a bit more of Billy trying to console Summer and failing. It really failing. felt really... It felt or Paul or Todd or anybody. He's a vicar. His job is to console people. He did say that, but I, I think don't it can care. be different when it's somebody do that not close to home. Because it's not Nina's job. And she was completely right. I got, I got so mad when these two grown men were asking this poor, broken girl who has gone through Helen back to go and console Summer, who, honestly, what an self-indulgent brat she was being. I feel bad for her too, but it's it's not Nina's job. No. I and guess the way that, that both... Billy brought Summer around, like, the, here you go, you're both girls, you're both sad about the same thing, you're older than Nina, why don't you make her feel better? Like, I... it, like it's not her... She can't give summer permission to stop feeling bad about this Mm. i think both um roy and billy both naturally want to help people and make them feel better so maybe they assume that other people also want that you're being very charitable i just saw two men asking a woman to do emotional labor for them in a really inappropriate way that was totally unfair and no wonder nina kind of broke it's also maybe because nina has been seen as quite wise before like when um when uh asha was you know going through the mill with all the Corey situation a couple of months ago and 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 nina would did a really good job of giving sage advice and maybe they so what just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you always should be asked to do it for somebody else Mm. what do you think will and i i do feel sorry for summer but at the same time Yet again, you know, she's she was a bit pathetic. And then when Nina came up, she, what did she do? She basically told her to get out because she had to study. And Nina was saying, I, I just was totally on Nina's side this whole episode. She was saying, oh, now you want me to leave. Earlier you, want, you, were, you wanted to talk to me because you wanted me to make you feel better. And now I'm here. You will make me feel better, but you won't because you got revised for your precious exam. Why was Summer so keen to be absolved of her crimes by Nina? Is it because she's like, look, Nina, I need you to just forgive me because I can't concentrate on on calculus. Get I, lost, Summer. Nobody cares about your. Did she really, exam. really want it, or did she only was was Summer only there because Billy took her around? What is Billy's problem? Sort your own daughter out, for God's sake. <laughs> Drew didn't leave. Drew didn't go right. Um, I'll leave you my daughter because I'm going to die horribly. Um, just, I don't know, if you ever get any problems, I'm sure there's a stray waif of a girl that you can ask. Mm. He uh, he gave, he asked 
Billy to adopt Summer because he knew that he was emotionally mature and sensible. Then he ended up being a drug addict. He's very busy archdeaconing, Gemma. Oh, you don't I've understand. Got the pews. I've got to sell the pews. Nina, can you help me? Can you help? Summer's so sad. Can you please give her an ice cream? Right. You, For God's sake. Is, this, is it my turn to do the story now? I think it is, isn't it? The Peter story, um, which was mostly concentrated on Monday. And... Um, this this taking a, taking a quick turn. Every time that a new liver becomes available, <laughs> I'm always caught off it. guard. I don't know, but this I'm is like, oh, is pretty, today's episode going to be I it? I think it's pretty true to life, though, isn't it? It sort of comes completely out of... Yeah, but I, I like... But in, in true life, they don't put spoilers about it in social media a week before. <laughs> I just happened to miss Did both of them at the time this has happened to Peter. Oh, I anyway, see. Anyway, so um, Adam has made this decision that he's not going to do the tests, the liver tests, and Peter's still being pretty cool about it, because after all, he didn't really want um, Daniel or Adam uh, you know, putting themselves out for him at the beginning anyway. Um, uh, plus, I've always got Carla to look after me, so I'll be fine. Um Adam admits to Sarah Lou that he's not looking forward to telling Daniel that he's pulled out of this um, liver t- liver test. Well, you're right because um, he they agreed to do it together. Yeah, um, and then and then we have a couple more scenes that today of um, of Carla oh, on Monday of Carla giving Sarah the silent treatment and carrying on after <laughs> that um, massive bust up that they had last Friday. You can understand that both She's of being their very petty about it. This is the sort of writing that I really like on Coronation Street where you can understand both sides of the... Well, yeah, Carla's saying he needs a new liver and if he doesn't get one, he's going to die. There is a liver there, possibly, in, yeah. your, in your husband. And until you got involved, he said he would give it to, to I us. I think Carla was going too far. I don't. I know that... It's bad if Adam has offered and then has pulled out on it. But um, Carla... How would you feel if I was dying or, and right. I needed... What? There's another, con- <laughs> another condition. Sorry, let me carry on. And and Matt said, I'll give you my liver. And then he went, nah. I know, I'd feel really, really bad, but I don't... Oh, you wouldn't care? Of course you I would. you feel really bad, but on the other hand... Of course I, I would. I am insured. I think that I would be thinking... He's he's in he's got every right to do it and it really is annoying and I would I understand this is what I'm trying to say though this is the thing they're both right because if 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 Matt needed the liver I'd say don't give him your liver Michael Yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Um, you might need it yourself. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so Carla's being pretty petty towards Sarah, really. Um, Daniel catches up with Peter in the shop later, and he says, "I'm not compatible. I've had the test. Sorry, you can't have me liver." Um, well, you can, but it won't be of no use to you. Yeah. And Peter says, "Never mind. Still got Adam, eh? Haven't I?" Um, oh no, sorry. He he hasn't. Adam. He knows about Adam at that point, so he now knows that he's not got I anybody. Think Daniel says something like. Yeah, Never that, mind. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Daniel, you're right. Daniel, the one that says always. Oh, it's always Adam. There's always Adam, and Peter says no. Actually, there's not. So as Daniel goes striding off to Adam and saying, "How dare you pull out? I went through this, and you said you would as well." Adam says, "Oh, I need to consider Sarah." And Daniel calls him a coward and says, uh, "And says, oh, I'm incompatible now, and so it was only going to be down to you. There's no other liver donors anywhere Anyone? in the in the northwest and in, in England ring, in the ring. planet." Ring, ring. Nobody there to yeah. Meanwhile, somebody is getting beep beep Hello. beep on the operating table, and uh, a liver is being liver? freed up. Um, <laughs> Deliveroo. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Don't deliver to Weatherfield, though. What are we going to do? Oh, the ring rose back up. <laughs> Deliveroo. Um, so anyway, Carla gets a call saying that there is a liver um, ready and waiting you know to be what? plopped into um, 
Peter's abdomen. In the in the apocalyptic wasteland that is the future, there probably will be an organ delivery service, and it probably will be called delivery because they might have branched out by then. Maybe, maybe. And they're at, and the jingle would be something like, "And we do kidneys as well." Deliveroo, deliver do roo, we do hearts and kidneys too. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Our advertising jingle's going to be back in in the future. Yeah, they'll be I'm, retro. I'm in for that. And we'll have those rosy robots like in the Jetsons. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, where's Peter, Carla's saying? He happens to disappear just when we need just him. Just when so the liver turns They go up. out for a hunt um, and then they find him. Oh, good. Yeah, basically. It wasn't that far away. It, it wasn't that far away. It was just a little <laughs> bit of mini road, drama for midway through the episode. Oh, no, I can't. It wasn't. Those are the bistro. That wasn't a very exciting hunt. But um, yeah, they go to the hospital and um, he has a bit of a, a teary, dewy-eyed moment with Carla where they're talking about, oh, we can go to Barcelona and when I'm back on my feet again, I'm sure that the Carla and Peter fans were loving this. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't mind Carla and Peter together. They just don't, um, they don't excite me. And and I think that the romantic stuff between them as well doesn't make me go, oh, yes. I suppose, yeah, because we've just seen it all before. But anyway, I'm happy for him. He's got a liver. Adam and Daniel have got to wait eight hours to find out whether the opera is a success. And old Daniel's got to do to pass the time is to correct the grammar on the signs <laughs> in the hospital, which was my moment of the week. I don't think I can make Daniel my character of the week just for correcting the grammar on that sign. But by well, God, he's close. Whoever donated the liver is surely the character of the week. Yeah, the delivery man, yeah. Mm. Um, that's about it, really. That he, He's fine, by the way. So is this the end of the story? I don't know, but it seems like there is some um, lingering resentment from Sarah to Carla um, because of, uh, of everything that happened. Carla, she, 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 um, did she tell Carla that she didn't want Sarah, her working in the factory anymore? How can Sarah get offended that Carla got her nose put out of joint, that Sarah tried to kill her boyfriend? I know, I husband. know. Um, anyway, so... That that was all right. I'm kind of glad that the story didn't carry on after Monday. I'm sure there's still more to come. I wasn't that invested in it. But like I said, it was nice to have the little surprise um, liver delivery because I wasn't expecting it. And and yet again, I mean, as much as I'm not particularly that excited by their relationship, I do think that both Ali and uh, Chris have been doing a, a very good job throughout this story. And um, fair play to Chris Gascoigne for... Being, the, the, so being such a method actor as well, didn't you? Oh yes, there was, that's there right. was an he article, did. wasn't he, about how he's um, slimmed down safely. He's, you know, with he's a, lost a, a lot of weight. Consultation with a doctor about how I can make this story you know, look real. Yeah, and, and he's definitely been looking very gaunt. He has been looking super gaunt, but he's he's been yellow in the face, and his his eyes have been a bit orange, like when they drip a little bit of orange eye liquid when you go to get your contact lenses tested. Um, he's done a, he's done a good job. Colson Smith spends the whole year. Yeah, and a half. Mm. Um, running, losing weight, having a life coach, going to the gym. Chris Gascoigne, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, drop the pounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, what's his face? He plays Batman. What's the guy? Not that awesome, eh? Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> famous, famous method actor Adam West. <laughs> the famously thin and buff Adam West Batman. <laughs> I've forgotten who it is. Um, yeah, no, he's. I, I, I think he's been. He's, he's been great. Um, Christian but, Bale. But of course, it, it it feels like a lot to go through for a story that hasn't particularly grab my attention know, that much. it doesn't feel like it's, it's been... the big story of the year does I know. it i don't know it... how much i don't know this, this year's we... big stories really are drugs and fizz and tyrone splitting up 
I think, and and, and Seb obviously. And this Peter getting a liver in, in any other year probably could be a big one, but this year it's been, you know, BC tier material. I don't know. I, I don't know whether Barlow it's just because Carla. we really don't have a massive... No, I don't think it is. It did... I haven't heard lots of people talking about it online unless they are specifically Peter and Carla fans. Yeah, yeah, that's the so, thing. But there that's are the enough thing. of those to, to sort of... You know, it might be in the moment. It was was like Peter frothing at the mouth on the kitchen floor. Was that this year? I'm losing track of it. He's been he's been doing that on and off for the past ten years, hasn't he? Still, Ken very notable in his absence. He's still with his dying teacher friend in Southampton, doing cartwheels in Southampton. This week we found out, didn't we, when he heard the news that Peter's uh, got his liver. Well, it's a lovely place to be. Once you once you come to Southampton, you just don't don't want to leave. No, (laughs) he's come round our house for tea at the weekend. Yeah, Um, can't get rid of him. I, I, the, um, that correcting your to your thing was hilarious, I thought, but that we, we have had some people saying that, um, they didn't find it funny, the correcting the but grammar, which the I thing. totally get. No matter what you think of, whether it was funny or not, it still was such a Daniel thing to do. It was really, really a Daniel thing to do. But and it was also trying, he was also trying to distract himself, you know. Yeah. But it was, it was funny. I think the re, it wasn't so much that he was correcting grammar to me, it was just the kind of juxtapositioning of the dire straits that he was, you know, he was waiting literally to hear the news about life or death and he's there with his pen going... I think if you're the sort of person that that really, really gets irked by a rogue apostrophe, then... It didn't have a rogue apostrophe. No, no, that didn't have a rogue apostrophe. Actually, that had a missing apostrophe, didn't it? And a missing E. You just can't help yourself sometimes and you know it's petty and you know it's, like, a bit snobby and everything. You just can't help it. It's bad. <laughs> and both of our jobs involve correcting grammar, don't they? Yes. And I, 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 I blame my mum for this one. She used to do it as well, didn't she? She used to find signs and complain about the grammar on the more get a bit of chalk and put an apostrophe in somewhere. I don't, just I don't Just can't have help the same. it. I, I, yeah, I, as long as I you totally can, get this. As long as you can make yourself understood... I think people get too hot up about grammar. Yeah, when you're when you're off the clock, you don't care at all, do you? What do you mean? I don't just because I don't use full stops <laughs> when I text. I don't use full stops because I think it looks too severe. <laughs> but this is what I mean. You can be. But I don't mind using a bit correct. of creativity to p- portray an emotion, or you know, it's not correct grammar to use all caps, for example, to emphasise a word. Uh, do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not going to argue with somebody about Oxford commas. I, I always will. use an Oxford comma. <laughs> but I, I, I think people that use grammar as a weapon to make other people feel stupid or um, to I make just, themselves feel clever, I, I think that's a bit silly. I think when I like... I don't often actually get my pen out and correct grammar on the signs but sometimes I might you know rob her from an apostrophe off a what blackboard or something and it's I don't do it to make people feel bad yeah, I do I'm it to saying... make myself feel better because sometimes just the <laughs> look fine. the look of seeing something wrong there I it just gets right it's at fine. me it's fine you know often the way you react <laughs> to something is more about you than it is the thing that you're reacting to so people that get upset about other people correcting grammar you know, you might feel that people are trying to make you feel bad about yourself. It's not necessarily what is ha- actually happening. No. And the older I get, the more I realise that the way you react to things is your own deal, not it's other people's like, deal. Some people like to straighten pictures that are hanging askew 
Yeah. Or, you know, it's that and kind And some of people thing. do it to annoy you and some people do it because... And it's nothing to do with you, again. Yeah. You're reacting to something in a completely different way. It's all just everybody's individual. Anyway, one thing I want to say about the storyline is it kept remind it keeps reminding me of um I think I might have mentioned this before, but I just wanted to say this about George Best. Do you remember George Best? Um yeah, well he was I know very, the name. Very famous drunk footballer. Northern Irish footballer. He also played for Man United. I didn't I didn't know he was Northern Irish. I really had no idea about that. Well, one. he was very Northern Irish. Um he was the greatest player never to have played at a World Cup. But he was a controversial figure. I thought that was James Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. He was a very, very controversial figure because he was an alcoholic who was given a um, liver transplant. And it really, really feels to me, and I think this probably would resonate with people watching in Manchester in the north because, like I said, he played for Manchester as well, Manchester United. Um, and he just could not stop drinking. And there was a massive load of controversy because he was given a liver transplant um and he then carried on drinking mm. and so, there, it was what so i mean peter very well may not be out of the woods yet well, no, yeah and this is what sarah is saying isn't she said necessarily... to carla peter's just gonna this is why i don't want adam uh, to give his liver up because peter is just gonna drink himself to death with that one and, and take advantage of it um i don't necessarily think this is the way peter's storyline is going but um, it is definitely very interesting to me to think about, you know, the struggles that they both have had and the fact that George Best, even though he was very much in the public eye, everybody knew that he, who he was and what, and the fact that he'd had, had a liver transplant and that he shouldn't be drinking. He still got served in pubs. He still was openly drinking alcohol out and about. Um, he, you know, he got, in trouble for drink driving even after his liver transplant and um his wife you know was saying i can't stop him i've i've been screaming and been throwing things at him i can't i literally cannot stop him and at the end of the day i just feel sorry for him because he won't he won't stop drinking and um he eventually he died due to uh complications because of the drugs he was taking to stop his liver from being rejected and the doctors were even saying because i was reading an article about this earlier the do- like the doctors were saying he'd had some kind of implant and i don't know if this is common or if they don't do this anymore to make him sick when he drinks mm. and i think you can you can take pills and things now i don't know if they give you an implant um but the doctor was basically saying the liver transplant only solves the damage that your liver has incurred it can't stop you from being an alcoholic and this is the thing with Peter. He stopped. He he he's kind of, he stopped drinking. But I don't think George Best ever really did. And um, he basically he died. And there was a very famous picture in the news of the world of him, cut you know completely jaundiced in his hospital bed, saying, "Don't end up like me." I just thought it was interesting to bring it up because of the mm. link with Manchester. And well, he was probably one of the most famous. I don't know if anyone else has ever struggled so publicly with alcoholism as he did. And it, also, the other thing about this guy, George Best, is that he was probably the most the most famous footballer, and he was probably one of the most he was probably one of the original celebrity footballers in this country. Lovely. One of the first sort of wave of of sort of being idolised as a celebrity because you're good at football. So it's such a massive figure, mm. and to, to see him fall so spectacularly from grace and seemingly without his control even though everybody would say literally you just have to stop doing one thing 
So I just really think it's interesting, and I do wonder where they're going with this. With well, if with if Peter. Peter does fall off the wagon again, then I think I would quite like him to have a a quick death. I don't I, think I, it's I don't... a nice quick death when you. Um, I mean, you know, get get drunk and then get hit by something. a car or something like that because I'm. Uh, he's almost like he's hit the reset button now, hasn't he? And and it says, oh, well, great, we, he's fine now, so we can have I this really... story again in two or three years. And then have him say, one more drink and he'll be dead. And, and then it goes round and round and round in circles, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to him drinking himself to death because I think that would be a very, very powerful story to tell and and being and seeing it happen over the course of a, over a decade on coronation street that would be a incredibly long-term story um i think coronation street would be you know it might be unwise to lose chris gascoigne because i think he's one of the best um actors you know male actors and that they've got on the show a legendary character yeah exactly part of the barlow clan um but uh, and i think I've, i think i read an interview with, uh, with chris um because I think he had an interview with him and his his other half, you know, Doctor Hospital. Doctor Hospital. <laughs> so, yeah, and he said, in, and he in said, case you I've... hadn't read the the article, he is married to the actress who played, who played Doctor, Doctor Hospital, Hospital. <laughs> which is not her real name in um, the show. And they had a piece basically talking about his. Yeah, um, he he said that he has. Stories. Did he say he's offered to? you know, do a, like a two-year-long story on Coronation Street where Peter died. I didn't read it too not, not No, that's not a spoiler that that's going to happen, but he said he would be willing, should they ask, ask him. it of him, to play that out. So, But, you know, this is the thing. Do, do, you, do you do that story where this character dies of alcoholism to sort of show that this isn't just a fairy tale where everything's all right and the magic wand gets waved and it, you reset to the beginning and it has felt a bit like that especially but... when peter was told you could be waiting months and months and months and months and months and you know you're know, three four five weeks later here you go here's a liver oh you didn't didn't you can't have it oh, here's another one a couple of weeks later or do you kill him and then sort of risk making people who are also going through something the same thing going well what's how can i how can i because it's already hard and then to watch somebody lose the battle is that going to discourage people it's going to discourage it, people it's going to be a wake-up call it, for yeah, other people yeah that's what i don't know that's what i don't know mm. anyway tully sales and marketing Gemma, we had a couple of scenes of that on wednesday didn't we little bit randomly well, filler daisy signed carol up um i thought she'd already done this i think that Sean, she was thinking of signing her up sean's not happy about this he walks in on them in the back room and Carol says, oh, I won't, I'm not going to steal your, your sales or anything. She's so naive she doesn't get that he's reluctant because she, he knows this is a scam. Mm. She's really excited about this new leaf. This is awful, honestly. I, don't, um, I wish he would just come out and say. Sean tries to get her out of it by saying, oh, we haven't got any products to sell, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Daisy has a go at him later and says, I'm just trying to help her out. You're a snob because you don't want Carol to to sell the stuff because you don't want it to to look bad. And he says, no, I don't want her to get into a mess like Gemma did. And she's like, nah, that's not going to happen. But really, like, just, yeah, you've written here, does Daisy really think this is legit? I don't know. I can't tell. And am I missing something? Because she seems too smart to fall for this. When she said... When she said to Sean, oh, I'm just broadening her horizons. It's like she knew that it was a load of crap. 
she she's been like really interested in it from the start. Is it just the opportunity to con a load of other people and hope and make money, and she's taken a chance here, or does she actually think that this is a good deal she's on? I I'm not really sure. I might have I might have missed it, but I just think um, I think Sean's really frustrating me here. Really frustrating me because what Sean frustrate the viewers? He has seen Carol claw her way out of an impossible situation. And she was homeless and now she's not. And this could be the difference between her going back there again. Yeah. And he's too... He, why is he not opening his mouth and saying something and putting his foot down and saying, no, absolutely not, and saying to Carol, he doesn't even have to say it in front of Daisy if he's worried about that. Because the thing is about this, this is the trouble about these things. If Daisy is in his downline, he actually needs to keep her in business because he gets a cut of everything mm. she sells so he's recruited daisy and if daisy recruits carol whatever carol sells daisy gets a bit but so does sean yeah so if he's scared of getting da- of wisening daisy up to the fact that this is all a big scam because then he knows he won't get a cut of her sales he could still tell carol quietly when Nobody is around. Listen, Carol, this is actually bad news. I think Carol's a bit too much of a loudmouth and she'd go around blabbing to everyone that she it's a probably, massive scam. She probably would, actually. Especially if she felt cheated by Sean. Yeah. Or misled. I don't think that she's that, that close to Sean that she would she'd say, yeah, God, thanks for telling me. You're but really, me bacon I, there. I can't really feel too bad if that happens because the whole thing is so predatory. Why is he still doing it? What, why is the storyline still going? That's and the main who, question. This has actually, been six months that the storyline's been going on and off. Who's making money out of this? Because I know Ridian. Daisy's making money out of this, but has Sean actually sold anything? Or is he just still trying to get out of it? And what's happened to this car that he's leased? Is that still around? Yeah. It's just not parked anywhere. We can no, see it. One episode appearance. It's one of those special um, invisible paint jobs he's he's um he's just raised the shields hasn't he mm. yeah and for the visibility cloak um so the quad stuff today was just basically Gemma and Chez um doing an online bsl class and um we didn't get to see any of it but we did see Gemma finding it difficult to connect and... i always think it's really sad that um even though america and the united kingdom share a common language of english we, we do not share the same sign language, sign language systems. Like... American sign language is different from British sign language. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then um, that, that's it, really, isn't no, it? No, they've, they've got an appointment. There's an implant. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's an implant. Aled's possibly going to get a cochlear implant next week and Gemma's fretting about whether he will be allowed to have one or not. Yeah. And I assume he will. I mean, we were we were complaining last year when they were throwing all these various woes at Gemma Chesney in the quads and saying they're just giving them problem after problem. And now is this they're trying to undo the problem by saying, let's make fine. him not deaf anymore because he can have this cochlear implant and it will well, obviously he'll still be deaf, but it won't be a problem to him. I don't know. I would really like them to use this opportunity to explore um, deaf culture and talk more about that because um, it, it could be interesting it's, just, it's actually maybe not going to be interesting really, for a little while he's got to grow up got, to be big enough to make it, it an interesting story it would be nice story. for Gemma and Chesney to go and meet some deaf people yeah and to talk like I mean Frida where's she but many deaf still people waters. are so are, 
are um, fiercely protective of deaf culture and some of them would even prefer to have a deaf child over a hearing child because that there is definitely a culture built around deafness that that they've created themselves I that don't know is anything about it that is it's not just a, it's not a disability to them it's it's part of a culture and a way of being and if you ever if you ever want you know to read about something look look this look it up if you don't know about it just research into it because it's really really interesting and the way that um you can get dialects of different of um sign languages and some there are people there are countries where they they came together the people just themselves and created a whole language from scratch just together and like there's different slang slang words for things in different mm. areas that they invent and people's you know some people they create a nickname it's a sign that is instead of spelling your name out you'll have your own sign for your name i just think it's absolutely amazing one for the future well, ten when years down the line, Gemma and Chesney learn um, sign language. We will too uh, learn along with them. We do a sign. We do a sign podcast one week, shall we? Doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Well, we're scoring this week. Um, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a fine week, and it had some. You know, the 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 picture, the Bernie and Dev stuff, the um, the ever. The um, a pretty sturdy Nina week on was Corrie. good. I yep. thought it was. I thought it was. I'm going to give this. Um, there was. I mean, the main thing was there were no overhyped expectations. No, that's the thing. And um, I mean, I, I'm going to give this. I think I'm going to give this the same as I gave last week. And I maybe felt a little bit more it? down on last week um, because it was BGT week. But I'm going to give this um, three and a half Oscar worthy fumbles in the snack in in the snack in the sack. <laughs> With that snack, Dev, oh, yeah. this week. Oh, yeah, Dev the snack, Alejandro. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you? Um, I, uh, yeah, I guess I think it was a pretty good, pretty good week. I might give it um, three and a half subordinate clauses. Oh, yeah, that got mentioned, didn't it? Um, <laughs> Evelyn was talking about Hope going on about subordinate clauses this week. Thank you very I'm much. I'm so glad I don't That's... have to know what that is. Well, let me tell you. I'll tell I'm you later. Interested. Um, character of the week this week. Um, I'm thinking. I kind of think oh, maybe Dev, maybe Nina, um, maybe. I think they're my main ones this week. No, it's nobody out of the Fizz and Tyrone story because they're all being horrible. Well, Fizz, maybe you could go for if you want to give another point for Team Stick Fizz. Stick it to the man Neosis. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Dev this week just because I find him amusing. Gonna... Even though he was horrible and awful about Bernie at the end of the week. That was just locker room talk. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it to Nina because I really, really liked the way she flipped um, the tables on Billy and Roy expecting her to be a good little girl and, you know, make Summer feel good about herself. I just I just really like the, f- the way that she's being self-destructive and rejecting everybody's expectations of her because she's coped so well with everything else that life has thrown at her you can just see her reach the end of her tether here and say well what what else now what else can happen now mm. i give up then what's the point of of trying to make something good out of your life what's the point of of um struggling and never getting anywhere what's the point of being nice to people she's been nothing but decent to everybody and and that happens to her and one of the people that's involved is the vicar's daughter who wants you to be forgi- to be forgiven i don't think so yeah i just i love how nina 
she's never cared what anyone else thinks about her, has she? And even though she's kind of changed a bit, I'm not sure that's since, really true. Well, that's this is the front that she's put on, and now I that Seb's dead, she's still the same way as she thinks. There's a difference between not caring what people think of you, um, and there's a difference between not listening to, to empty criticism, which is what she what she rightfully has done. Mm. So there we go. You gave it three and a half as well, did you? Yeah. Yeah. So three and a halfs and Devonina, congratulations Devonina. you two. Um, we haven't. Got, I don't think there's any news this week in the cabin. I mean, there's been a few little little bits here and there when I've been skirting around the Corrie news sites, um, avoiding spoilers. Like there's look how fit Helen Flanagan is now, only months after having a baby, and look how fit Richard Fleishman is now. 15 years after leaving Coronation Street, but I'm not going to do a cabin segment for that. So, um, I don't know, maybe some more news, maybe some more news will come along between now and Tuesday, Wednesday, when we record the next episode of the podcast. So I I think with that, we will just, um, skip right on over to the feedback section and see what our listeners have had to say about recent Corrie. Okay, time for feedback then. And in case anybody has been wondering, we have had our shopping delivered just now, haven't we? They very candidly timed it in about the, what, five-minute break we decided to give ourselves at the end of Street Talk. Thank you very much, Mr. Delivery Man. Two hours late. Just two hours late for this delivery, yeah, but it's all right. It wasn't our dinner. We're having a barbecue tomorrow, so we got some lovely meat delivered. Mm. Um, Right, last week's Coronation Street, the big um, masked dancer week got a, a decidedly muted score from our uh, Facebook group. three point three point one two five. so pretty much straight down the middle there. Um, yes, Andrew, because 3.125 is exactly halfway five. between 0 and 5. Andrew gave it 3.5 telescope-wielding 10-year-olds out of 5. Amy gave it 3 pink pantsuits that are 3 sizes too big out of 5. Yes! This is Sarah Lou we're talking about that here. That was... That not was not a good right. look. And Richard gave it four out-of-tune renditions of a 1967 Bee Gees hit by an inept security guard out <laughs> of five. Thank you very much, everybody who voted. I've um, got a load of feedback this week, including this first one from Fangirl Overload 123 with her thoughts on last week's episodes. And I really do apologise, Fangirl Overload 123. This did come well within the deadline of um, last week's feedback section, but I forgot to look on Instagram where you sent it to us. Um, but I've got it now because actually she really quite enjoyed last week. So let's start off with some positivity. Can we just acknowledge, she says, that this week was better than the whole 60th anniversary? Apart from all the unnecessary romance stuff tonight, that's last Friday, the Sharon story was phenomenal. By far the best story of the year so far. Blimey. I predict many awards. Also, I love how Sam saved the day. The Peter and Adam story would be amazing if Sarah and Carla weren't in it. (laughs) The Barlows are the most interesting family in the street. They're dynamic with each other, the individual characters and the constant tension bubbling underneath the surface. Adam's decision and what would would mean for them would be such compelling TV, but instead we had Sarah whining. That being said, her giving Carla a piece of her mind was the most I've liked her for a long time. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Say it with me. How do you solve a problem like Maria? If her and Gary get back together and to think she was such a great character in the early 2000s. Was she? I I tried to remember a time when Maria was great. I think there was a little moment. Um, it did get me thinking, though. The only time I enjoy Maria are her scenes with David. Yeah, I agree with that. The only time I enjoy Joy Carla are her scenes with Roy. Are there any characters you think are strengthened by certain partnerships? Oh, blimey, she's asked us a question. I'm not ready to answer this. Or conversely, any of you think hinder certain characters? One p- partnership I really don't want to break up is Jenny and Johnny. Yes. Please, Corey, learn to keep couples together. Finally, I'm glad they didn't kill Corey. Killing off your villains is the easy way out. 
I'm sorry I was so negative. I did genuinely enjoy this week. And as much as I complain about certain characters, many of them are still my favourites. Character of the week is Jenny, and I gave it four killer telescopes out of five. What do you reckon, Gemma? Any partners, um, any characters that are strengthened by being someone else or the inverse? I mean, I think we often say that Chesney drags any character yeah, that he Chesney's happens to... Yeah, not good in a relationship. Yeah, ...be with down. Um, and I, I mean, there are some characters that will bring out the best in... Other, like, like somebody like Abby, I would say she's the sort of character that you can put in a scene with anybody and then she'll do a good job with them. Kevin's got the possibility of dragging Abby down and also I'm I really I'm not keen on uh, Sally and Tim after he screwed her over when she wanted to be mayor. Not, not gonna forget and that, he are you? said that she wasn't allowed to be the mayor anymore, so I don't like that about him. What about characters that enhance others? I think that somebody like... and Maybe he hasn't been given much of a chance to yet, but I think Ardy at the moment could um, enhance... He, he just... In any scene that you put him in, he will improve it. Well, Sally and Tim were a fantastic double act, at the beginning of their relationship, they were really funny. Sally did improve Tim in that way, didn't mm. it? For sure. I'm trying to think of who I think is really good at the moment. <gasps> mm. <laughs> it's tricky, isn't it? Dev's good at the moment. We're enjoying Dev. Nina is fantastic know, at the moment. Asher is fantastic. Seb and Nina together were fantastic. Yeah, they definitely were because they, Seb was a bit better. of a no-hope character, was wasn't he? Better than some of their parts, in a way. Well, I mean, that was a fairly imbalanced, wasn't it? Because Nina was always great and Seb was a bit... Seb was fine. So, so, Seb was fine. Um, but so definitely putting down. her with Nina just re- rejuvenated him. Sadly, he only lasted about three or four weeks in this new state. Um, I feel there are others. I need to maybe have a think about this in a this little bit more. would be a good listener more. question. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, thank you for getting us in touch with that. And again, thank you very much. Sorry for not reading it out last week. Gemma, can you see what Rebecca thought about last week's episodes, please? All right, she said, first of all, I wanted to say how gutted I am that Jenny and Johnny yeah. are splitting up. Although the writing was on the wall as soon as he, she slept with Ronnie. I can understand Jenny having lingering thoughts about Liz and maybe the trust had already gone from then. I, however, hated Johnny using stealing Jack against Jenny. That was uncalled for. I also see Ronnie and Jenny together. If she if she took the, the low blow with bringing up Liz, then I think he had every right I to would say, say, yeah, but you snatched you're the a, baby. You're a baby snatcher. Tit for tat, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, I also see... Oh, hang on a minute. I also see Ronnie and Jenny together, maybe mm. Ronnie buying the Rovers for Jenny to win her over, or even for them to run together. Please, God, no. I can, I can see that, because she's trying to push him away at the moment, isn't she? But I've still found it a little bit inconsistent, her treatment of Ronnie. Sometimes she's like, oh, yeah, I do still kind of fancy you. And other times it's like, no, I need you to get away. But maybe it's it because she realises that she's maybe getting too close for him, so she's having to push him away. But I think that, I think that she could get so desperate that... She'll just snap his hand off if he comes, you know, offering money. I don't know. However, I did love Sharon tasering Jenny. Have it. I also also like your theory of Sharon stopping Leanne going to trials. I'm sure she'll be back as Tracy hasn't said goodbye yet. Either Sam stopping Van Man. She hasn't said goodbye yet either. Oh, yeah. Sam stopping Van Man, I liked as realistic as it was. I just liked... Unrealistic. Oh, as unrealistic as it was. Sorry, I'll just drink my tea. Oh, that's enough correcting. Um, you're correcting my um, ordeal. Uh, yeah. Ordeal vision. <laughs> I'm being Grammar. Daniel. Yeah, that's fine. I don't mind. I literally said this, as long as you can understand what you're saying and nobody can understand me at the moment. Sorry. Sorry, Rebecca. Let me try harder. Um, okay. 
as un- as, re- as unrealistic <laughs> as it was, Rebecca okay. says. Okay, I just like Sam being the hero for once. Speaking of which, I was convinced Gary was going to die, and why are him and Maria back together again? A few people have um, suggested maybe Maria and Gary to run the Rovers, haven't they? Somebody put that up on our uh, Facebook group this week, and uh, can people no, stop? No, please, no. Manifesting things to the universe because I believe i hadn't even considered that our words create reality and you guys are messing with my reality i think stella price has been putting (laughs) that out in the universe just to try and you know conjure up some worse landlady than her um the funeral stuff at the beginning of the week i enjoyed and sally carmen brought it again as usual i was also delighted that she asked nina to come to the funeral and they did seem to have made up for now ugh I hate Corey. He's such a cocky idiot. Although I didn't see Abby getting the drugs, I said Asha should drug Corey, and then she did. I also wanted Corey to plant one of the plant one of the women pushing him down the stairs. Although I suppose I could that could still happen. I, however, enjoyed the first two parts of the week more than Thursday and Fridays. Finally, Sarah and Carla's stuff just wasn't needed, and when has Sarah turned into such a bitch? <laughs> Again, I, I repeat, I really hope Peter gets a liver soon. Then the story well, can be put to the back burner. Character of the week is Jenny, just for her getting tasered. Best bit of the week, and give it three and a half classy birds out of five. <laughs> I think when you get a kidney plant, transplant, that's a back burner, isn't that where they, where they go in? Oh, darling, Through no, your back. Oh, that's smart. I don't know, kidneys around, around the back there, around aren't they? the back. Yeah. But your liver's at the front, and that's what that's what I said. The kidney transplant is I a back burner. I don't listen to what you say. Yes, that's um, not my job. That's right. the listener's job. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, Nancy, <laughs> talking about last week's episodes. Um, this week's episodes were not the most dramatic, but there were still some brilliant moments. One of which was Sharon putting out her taser and shooting Jenny. It was a new way to stop someone temporarily. Very I true. Don't think very it, true. I think it's quite. a... Where is Sharon at the moment? She's uh, she's driving around in that van suit. Mm-hmm. She's going to run out of petrol or something. Um, <laughs> it was funny the way that Jenny went down. The dramatic scene with Jenny telling Johnny about sleeping with Ronnie was well done. I really do think that the Sharon tasing Jenny scene is going to be... The clip show is going to be... Oh, yeah. This is going to be one of the moments that everybody remembers from this year. Yeah, definitely. Well, when we come up, we, we always do our Patreon at the end of the year. Well, always. The two years that we've had uh, Patreon, our final one of the year has been the top five moments of the year. Yeah. Whether they're like best moments or whether they're just moments that encapsulate the year... I'm sure one of us, if not both of us, will have Abbott on there, <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, Sharon was a great villain up until um, Rita was able to stop her from running away. Rita knows Sharon so well. She's the only one who could have stopped her. Sharon running away when Robbie was going to shoot Gary showed her Achilles' heel. Sam this week was brilliant. I wonder if Sharon will get arrested. Hmm, what will happen next? I do hope Johnny and Jenny can find a way to stay together. See, look, everybody wants Johnny and Jenny. No, some people don't. I've seen some people certainly out there saying that they think that they're they're bad as a couple, haven't they? But... Ah. Roy was wonderful, the way he spoke with Abby about Nina. I loved it when Abby brought in Nina's clothes and said, you can take off the sackcloth and ashes. Seeing Abby and Nina going to the funeral together was wonderful. I thought Asher would try to get Corey to confess, but instead she wanted to look through his phone. I was glad that Abby called the ambulance in the end. The row between Carla and Sarah was interesting. Who will will end up donating their liver? We don't know. Mr. Anonymous, it seemed. Did it, I mean, was everything that happened between Adam and Daniel and Sarah and Carla just for a bit for nothing now because it's all Mr. No, because it's really stirred the pot. It stirred the pot a bit. It's it's shown people's allegiances. And um, should should, uh, Adam and Sarah require anything from the Barlow family, 
I wonder if they will be rejected or not. That would be an interesting sort of um, legacy. Um, yeah. The thing, um, the thing I want to know is who gave this liver? Was this a living or, or dead donor? Yeah, good point. I don't know. I don't think they said. Because you would think know. it must have been a dead donor because if it was a living donor, they could say, all right, calm down. We'll take it in a minute. Because they were like, we need to get it. We need to get the liver in him in two hours. Otherwise, it's not going to take. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy, somebody turns up to the hospital and goes, take my liver. Take my liver. I'm going to change my mind. You've only got two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I've just put a wash on. I need to be there to take it out. When <laughs> my wife doesn't know I'm here. <laughs> right, we've got... I've just an... <laughs> tuned into an episode of Real Housewives. I've got half an hour to get it. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Abby, Abby. She says, I hope you enjoyed our drive to Connecticut today. Were we there? Didn't notice. I, I like the scenery. <laughs> um, what did I it liked... look like? Can you describe the Connecticut scenery for me? It was, there were lots of trees. Yeah. And I enjoyed Hills. going through the Sonic mm. drive through I don't know what's in Connecticut. Do you have Chick-fil-A? It sounds like Abby was listening to us on Do you have... Carry on, Taco, carry we've got on. Taco Bell and we don't... Uh. Abby says... What do I what? Um, <laughs> I'm tired. I need to edit this podcast before I go to bed tonight and upload it first thing in the morning because I've got so much work to do this weekend. But I'm trying to think of drive throughs I want Abby to take us through. I'll let you know, Abby. <laughs> What's in Connecticut? Anyway, Abby says, I completely agree with you on the poor choice of uploading a week's worth of episodes on a Monday morning. It will absolutely yeah. cut down, absolutely will cut down on chatter. If that's how viewership is measured, I agree. ITV is in for a sad surprise. It's going to be weird because what we didn't say at the beginning of the podcast today is we still do want to try and persuade our podcast listeners on the Facebook group to not post spoilers until the episodes have aired in the UK because that was what was overwhelmingly voted for, isn't it? But it's always been our rule that you can only speak about things that have aired in the UK. And it's the same actually for Coropedia. If you go to Coropedia, if you're you're a spoiler-phobe like um, I am, you can visit Coropedia and they'll never have any information that hasn't been on air. But let's say we upload our next episode on Tuesday night... There are things that we talk about on there that people won't be able to chat about on the Facebook group for like five days. It just doesn't... Oh, bloody football. Oh, it spoils everything. Um, Abby says, I live in the US and watch Corey via a private forum. Besides soaps, the only place... Yeah, a wide variety of drama series. Unlike my friends, you have to wait months for PBS to chop up Call the Midwife, Endeavour, Downton Abbey and other shows have the benefit of watching full and uncut episodes within a day of their UK broadcast. We have to say, we do not condone... Um, anything. I don't condone anything. If you do anything, literally anything, I will be there and I'll wag my finger and say... Nothing to do with me if the police come knocking. have any opinion on this, one way or the other. Yeah. And you can't prove it. And I just back up Gemma because I don't do otherwise. Do not, do not. Right, Abby says, "Um, Being a decent person, I don't spoil my friend's fun by telling them what is in store for, say, the always lovely Nurse Anderson. But by the time they see it one to six months later... I've forgotten the details and have moved on to another show I want, but I can't discuss it with them. Frustrating for me, frustrating for them, and no dialogue to convert our mutual friends into fans. Same thing here. If it happens on a Monday, who's going to be thinking or watching, talking about it by Thursday? Is Jane, casual viewer, going to dig through days' worth of Twitter? I, this is exactly right, Abby, yeah. you're exactly right. Slinging from the same hymn sheet I've, as us there. I said this before, but I've, you know, I'll say it again. I'm trying to watch programmes at the moment, and I'm trying to get my friends to watch them, 
only so I can talk to them about them, but they're not watching the same things I am. So I'm sitting there going, oh, I'd love to tell, tell, talk to somebody about this, and I can't. Yes, you are, you are watching um, A Handmaid's Tale to write a private forum, aren't you? No. <laughs> oh. um, Abby says, I agree Oops. that binging soaps will destroy cliffhangers. I think it will also dull our appreciation of sensitive scenes and quiet moments. When you watch without a break, what you remember most vividly is the plot. Johnny stormed off. Sam bonked Beardo with a telescope case. <laughs> oh, it's the bonk alarm again. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like Asher's little lip curl while holding back tears or Evelyn watching Cerberus poor Bernie for more affection. Not so much. Those are the things that flash out the characters and make stories human and compelling. They are why we are watching soaps in the first place. Marketing 101. It costs less to retain an existing customer than to attract a new one. If I ran the zoo and there were a major live event, I'd post the shows on the day they were to air and, if possible, at or near their regular hour. Keep your existing customers, the regular viewers, as happy as possible. Yes, you can watch it at 7.30, but on your iPad. It'll be on TV at 10 o'clock right after Sport Ball. If it has to be uploaded in one week, block, why? Then do it after the broadcast, like on a Saturday morning. Then the people who watched it at a different time or channel get their surprises and have a chance to chat. The people who want to try binging can choose to read or avoid spoilers, but they won't be able to ruin it for regular viewers. Exactly, Abby. Exactly. Nicely said. Yeah, I very succinct. I uh, yeah. I. They've really started. Um, they started showing adverts for it this week, haven't they? Saying so, coming next week on the ITV Hub, all your soaps Monday, 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 and it's just got clips of various soap characters going yeah, smiling, thumbs up, and everything. Like I said, there are lots and lots and lots of people who think this news is amazing. We already spent an awful long time last week ranting about some of the potential potential downsides of it. Um, I wonder. I wonder how it'll go. I'm really, really interested to see whether people like it or not. If if people thought they'd like it, will they? If they thought it was rubbish, will it be okay? It doesn't. And will Cory tru- say? Trouble, hmm. It doesn't necessarily matter if if people like it or not. It it's how it affects the show yeah. and and the chatter and the viewership. And I don't see it having a positive impact. I don't. I don't know if it can. I. A lot of people will still watch Logically it when thinking, it's on. I don't think it's The thing is, I mean, oh, even really going back go like again. five years ago, ITV Hub was harder to access. Nowadays, you've got your smart TV and you can just switch it on. And for especially for a lot of the younger crowd, what's the difference between broadcast TV and ITV Hub? It's just like another button on your remote. So if it's there, then why not watch it? Anyway... I don't want to go get back into that again. It's making me mad. So what I will do is read Nicole's email. Um, oh, it starts off with something quite fun. Well, Michael, says Nicole, this one's to me. Loved you telling us how you really felt about Ronnie, Johnny and Jenny. You held nothing back. It was great. Usually you are so much circum- so much more circumspect in your comments. I just opinion this, I think. Um, but I can see the steam coming out of your ears. And Gemma, you just let him go I, for I it. I couldn't do anything else. That's why I love... Let me say anything. That's why I love this podcast. Dare I say, we listeners might be somewhat used to Gemma getting heated up <laughs> over some topics of discussion, but not so much from Michael. It was searing. Great stuff. That's very, very true. That that really got my go. I, do, I think I'm generally more easygoing. And other times I'll just say, oh, that's a bit boring. Um, I'm, I'm not... Yeah, I I don't get, I haven't even got an opinion on myself. I I don't really. I'm not very good at forming opinions on things. You are. I I, I don't know. I I don't know if I am. I think. (laughs) (laughs) But you, you're, you are the kind of person who's 
um, quite low back, but then something will push you, and that's the end. Like you don't, you have an on and an off switch. Whereas I, have I do a variety of numbers that I can crank all the way up to eleven. I think that, um, <laughs> I think that people at my at my school would also attest to my um, not <laughs> not to sixty a uh, drop of a hat. Um, it was all the better because I felt exactly the same way. Says Nicole. Ah, now Daisy is blackmailing Ronnie too. And I agree about Sharon's cliched hijinks. If she has a moustache, she'd be twirling it in the evil manner of silent movie villains. Just about to start watching today's episode. I don't know when this is, Nicole. Yesterday, Nick got picked up by Harvey's goon to threaten him with further harm to Sam if Leanne goes ahead with her witness statement. Hope to God he reports this directly to the police. But he probably won't happen. And Ryan is back, which is good. Looks like he spent all of his time away working out. Won't be long before we'll be seeing him with his shirt off. Ryan, Ryan Prescott. Ryan, Pre- we we watched the episode of Classic Gory today, didn't we? Uh, with Adam Rickett doing his um doing his car washing oh, at the garage with his top down, and cringe. Janice and the Factory Girls perving over him. I'm really surprised. I don't think. Can you imagine if you if you were washing your car, our car, for some reason with your top off. And then <laughs> I my, don't know why. And that then my mum came past and went. Hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> Cause, cause Nick I can't is think of a more unlikely circumstance than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me washing the car. Yeah, that would never work. Washing the car with my top off. Yeah, and I never no, take my top off in never public. Never do, no. And yeah, your mum... My mum being here. Or and anyone perving over me. <laughs> and that person being your mum. It's just unlikely all the way around, unfortunately. Oh, but not. I want your mum to perv over me. <laughs> I'd just like to have a perv over a bull body. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Never, never happened, I think. Well, put the effort now in, Now I'm past ass. it like Tyrone. You're not past it. Um... Right. You just need to pick things up and put them down again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got like a, I've got probably two years worth of work on this frame here to get myself anywhere near pervability. All you have to do is lift some things and drink some protein shake. <laughs> Ryan Prescott has been buff ever since he's been in the programme. Oh, and I'm, I haven't noticed. Oh, I, I only know because I've seen him on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stalking Ryan Prescott. <laughs> they follow all I'm the not stalking actors. Ryan Prescott. I just typed in hot bods and he was there. <laughs> it's not my bod. <laughs> um, so it's really weird that he hasn't had any top off scenes. Maybe he just doesn't. He doesn't want to. Listen, not everybody wants to be objectified. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I'm just digging myself a hole here. Can I get ripped so... by doing that? I'm just going to dig, dig myself a hole until I've got a bulging if we, bicep. If that works, we'd both be super buff by now. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole, for enjoying my rant. I yeah. will try to rant more Why in the you future. Rant about, if that's what I've been pick more. one thing. I had every been week. I had been told um, by people beforehand that I needed to let rip, so I I, I, I was genuinely feeling it. I wasn't exaggerating my um my rantiness. On but. this show, we're always very honest about what we say and what we think. We're not going to pretend to like something if we don't like it. And um, sometimes uh, people don't like that. But like I said before, that there's there's not much on Coronation Street that. That I'm really, really, really that precious about. And I really do, Johnny, find it, yeah. Johnny and Jenny. And I've said this before, and it's baffling to me that it's not obvious. But the reason that we get so mad about some of these things is because we genuinely love the show. It's not the same thing as listening to two people who hate the programme, ripping into it and saying, this is why this show is awful. No. Every time we criticise something, it's from a place of great love and affection... And if you don't get that, you shouldn't really be listening to the show. I, I I did enjoy letting off some steam 
as as I'm sure you did. But at the end of the day, I'd much rather sit and watch five out of five episodes or you know weeks of Coronation Street every week. But but even so, this week was like it was an average week. I, I average to good week. It was I enjoyed it. I enjoyed myself watching it. There's some really great scenes, some really great characters, and. Um, Funny moments. What's there to commu- a giant you know, photo of Tyrone but, and Alina. But when your show is about about um, another show like ours is, you're gonna have to talk about everything. And soaps are so varied, aren't they? And there's so many characters, so many different. stories. You can't like anything. Just is there really anybody out there who loves all characters and stories no, equally? And, and at the end of the day, nothing is above criticism. No. And if that's upsetting to some people. You need to get a different job. <laughs> Finally. Richard says, hope you are both well and enjoying the hot weather. Richard. I hate Richard, it. you surely, you've been listening long enough to know that Gemma hates the hot weather. This is the time of year that Gemma start starts moaning and it's doesn't even... really stop until September. Yeah. And makes me feel guilty for enjoying the hot you weather. Love it. I think it's great. Why? I just love it. It's nice and warm you, and cosy. You lizard. Yeah, that, that, most normal people. No. Like it when the sun comes out, Gemma. I don't I'm sorry mind the sun. Say. I have no beef with the sun. Sun and I go back quite a long time. I've always respected its work. Flowers and such. A big fan. Yeah. Heat can get in the bin. Don't appreciate it. Shining on me, giving me skin cancer. <laughs> you haven't got skin cancer. It's trying to give me. <laughs> That's what it does every day, you all just day don't long. Like getting sweaty. I don't like getting sweaty. It's That's my least it favorite thing. Yeah, I enjoy the hot summer weather, so I will do my best to enjoy it with that. Um, but Gemma, I don't get why you can't enjoy it with it. with me. I do not put a dampener on it. So, I love the rain. You hate the rain. Do I care that you don't like the rain? No, it makes me happy. But I feel guilty. I feel guilty. Like you guilty? know, last, like, I feel bad. Like last summer when we were going around Manchester. And I was having a lovely time and you were saying, it's too hot, it's too hot all the Michael, time. Michael, can you not let me derive even the smallest amount of pleasure just complaining about it? <laughs> because I have to tell you that at times that's all that gets me through. Just let me have my complaints. Oh, okay. Sorry, Richard. That's Richard, what we think about the hot weather. don't even bring it up. <laughs> Am I reading this? You're reading it, yeah. Richard says, this week's episodes were good ones from my perspective as it brought some much needed humour back to the show. I find the whole Tyrone personality change thing unbelievable and can only assume that this is part of an early midlife crisis type storyline. Great to see Hope back. I have very high hopes for the character evolving into one of the all-time villains. Whilst I'm typing this, I wonder if the long game by the show is for her character to evolve into a killer. Just imagine when she finally goes on that murder spree and Tyrone and Hope uh, Fizz are like going... Yeah, yeah, we should have seen this coming, really. We didn't do anything no, no about in it. Street. Sorry, everybody, our bad. They'll be like, oh, there were no signs. Where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, the obituary or in the paper is like, Hope was such a... Beautiful girl who lit up a Pyromania. room. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Richard says... Um, Evolve into a killer, and has it already happened? Ruby has been shut in the lavatory a very long time. Yeah. Thank you, Richard. Yes, uh, maybe Ruby's dead. <laughs> hope not. <laughs> um, right. No, I hope not as well, obviously. Um, just great. let me just have a quick check. See what do you want to check on? Any more I don't know emails? Anymore. Well, just while you're checking that, can I say thank you very much to our newest patron thank who just signed you. up the other day, Billy. Um, I hope you enjoy... All the bonus podcasts Good and stuff that you get access to. to. Just to Thank remind you very, everybody. Very, very much. 
Now we did our bonus, we did our um, June podcast, bonus Patreon podcast just this week, didn't we? Yeah. Which is about two weeks after we did the May one, which is the shortest ever time. But we, like, we literally, we don't know what's going to be happening over the next month. We could just be suddenly, right, move house. So we're trying to I front load. I, I doubt it as well. But we're trying to front load things. So we hope everybody on our Patreon feed enjoyed that. And maybe in some way went to missing, um, making up for the lack of bonus episode this week. We did a top five um, episode, no, top five characters who had been in fewer than 50 episodes, which is a lot of fun, a bit different to some of the other ones we did and got us, gave us a chance to have a chat about some of the, um, the more minor characters on the street that still made a major impression on us. So if you're a patron at uh, Bistro or Rover's Tea, be sure to go and check it out. And if you are not, then you still would like to hear more of us rambling on about Coronation Street, now this is finished, then get our bonus podcast this week where we are having a character profile of... Gemma, do you remember who we're doing this week? We've already recorded it, we right? We have recorded this. Mavis. Mavis. I don't really know. <laughs> That's right, we spent about an hour and hour and a half, hour and fifty maybe, I can't remember, chatting about um, Rita's other half. And um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. It's a big, big character that I've been meaning to do for a jolly long time as a character profile, but I've never got round to it. But now I have. <sighs> so if you enjoyed Mavis too, do go and check it out. That's me plugging over. That doesn't Thank make sense. Thank you, Billy. Um, this is a good time to join. Um, just so you know, if you join up to our Patreon feed, it will charge you straight away and then you have to pay at the beginning of every month the payment comes out. So if you sign up like at the end of the month, you can again end up paying Yeah, don't out. sign up at the end and of the month. We always feel really bad when this happens, but we don't have any control over when the that that happens. Yeah. But if, if you nice... like sign up on the 29th and then the money comes out and then a couple of days later, the next month's money yeah, comes out, don't do really it. really awkward. Um, but there's plenty of things to keep you entertained, so I hope that you enjoy all of those. Now, how many 20-something mm. episodes that we've got up 22. there? 22. We yeah. have 22 bonus Patreon episodes. Thank you as well for um, the pictures of the T-shirts that are still coming in. Yes! Very Michael's nice wearing his right now. I am now, wearing everybody. my Conversation Street it's T-shirt. It's nice and cosy. Yeah. Mm. It has survived one go through the washing machine mm-hmm. as well, and it's still looking fabulous. It does look fabulous. Yes. Um, thank you, everybody. I'm not for... going to wear this tomorrow, though, because your parents are coming around for this barbecue that we're having, and they no. might ask questions. They literally would not ask. They'll be like, they just assume it's some kind of weird Coronation Street computer game. Computer game? Yeah, because that's all you wear is computer game things. That's true. I think the fact that the middle duck is dangling an iPod. I don't think that would mean anything to anybody. They'd think it's some weird Coronation Street podcast and they'd be right. (laughs) It is, it definitely is. That's all it is. Literally all it is. Gemma, can you tell our fine listeners how they can get in touch with us should they wish to Thank you everybody for listening. I hope that you guys enjoy it. If you don't, I'm baffled again why you would bother. This is quality. Um, I don't know that this is good or bad. I just do it and it's up to you if you want to listen to it. But if you got to this point, then... You must like it surely yeah. or enjoy hating it at the very <laughs> least um and if either way glad to be of service you can find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com that's where all the episodes are including the first ever one where we phoned it in oh yeah we had somebody posting on our <laughs> facebook group today about episode one again it's always nice when people rediscover that it's embarrassing. He enjoyed it, it, but we should take it down. It's really bad. The sound quality is pretty terrible. If you think terrible. this is bad, that's and then we did feel worse. a little bit nervous. We were very self-conscious. Very it took us a long time to, to get, get into, into the, groove. the groove. Yeah, I do. I listen to people who like start and say, "Oh, this is my this is the first episode." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "How are you so? How are you so professional already? It's <laughs> taking us how long? And we're still crap." Well, I am anyway. Instagram, we're on that. Twitter, Spotify, Facebook. You can leave us a review on iTunes. We have a YouTube 
channel. You do. And I was just just took a sharp intake of breath because I was thinking, oh, we haven't had a YouTube, uh, I mean, uh, an iTunes review for a little while. So if you're a new listener to the show and you have access, please do. Five stars only, please. Thank you. <laughs> Back to you, Gemma. Um, that's it then. Oh, okay. That's it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very so, much for your indulgence so, of my mania so, this week. Look out for the next oh, main yeah. episode of the podcast yeah. on either Tuesday night or Wednesday night, unless things go horribly wrong. Like I, I it, there's this big Nintendo event on Tuesday evening, everybody, and I really, really want to watch it. It's Nerd. like four hours long, Nerd. and that maybe will take priority over any podcast things. So maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, it will come out. That's going to be about Monday, Thursday, and Sunday's episodes. So, oh gosh, it's just a mess, isn't it? And then, and then the Saturday after that, this time next week, we'll be back with um, our middle section for next week. Whatever that will be, you'll have to find out. Won't anyone think of the podcasters? I don't know when I'm going to put it up on the Coronation Street blog. Do I wait until Saturday, or I don't know? But <sighs> bloody changes. Don't like them. Let's go. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcast themes. Dot. Bye. <laughs> Come. <laughs> Come. <laughs>